This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Hustler-Patterson along with Michael Remus on another a snow day. Not as bad as we thought, though, here in Winnipeg, uh, getting through these couple days. Many people at home. If you are a normal podcast listener joining us on YouTube today, great to have you with us. And, uh, of course, while you're here, make sure to hit that red subscribe button. And uh, when you can, join us at 1 o'clock daily here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And you can always check out the YouTube performances, if you want to call them that, um, later on as well. And, of course, shout out to everybody listening to Winnipeg Sports Talk on the pod as well. Um, it was going to be a fun show today. Sort of a pseudo-Thursday slash Friday show because... Tomorrow is Good Friday. We will be taking the day off. And uh, while well, Michael has big plans, we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but today, Brandon Rewicki is going to come by, who often joins us to uh, talk Jets. And I definitely want to get into the Blue Jays from last night as well. And uh, the buffet is going to be a huge spread because Ken Weave's coming up a little later on in the program as well. And for those of you that maybe haven't joined us on Fridays, you're going to get a little taste of Friday today because... It's the last show of the week, which means a Winnipeg Sports Talk Marble Race with our friends at Canadian Club. We've got some, I've got a hoodie for our winner and some other great prizes. So join us at the end of the program live on YouTube for your chance to win with everybody else at Winnipeg Sports Talk. Shout out to everyone that's already with us in the chat. Hope you are well. Hang it in there. Let's get Michael Remus in here. But first, a big thanks to all the sponsors that make this program possible. Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, Vita Health Fresh Market, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Breezy Bend Golf & Country Club, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club, Whiskey, and of course, our betting partners over at Cool Bet Canada, and our friends at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge who are getting ready for a fantastic summer. Remo, get in here. How you doing? How'd you make it through the last 24? Yeah, I think if this was January, this would just be a regular day. The fact that it's April, long <laughs> weekend coming up, perfect. Uh, you know, snow day, snow day. Although, I think in the city... In the city, it's a lot better. I think if you're outside the city, it's been rough with wind and a lot more snow. But feels like a regular day. I went to Costco. Have you shoveled yet? Uh, How much sh shoveling have you done? I shoveled like a little. Well, I actually went to go to Costco. I got stuck in my back lane. I had to shovel my car out. Then I shoveled my walkway to the car. I went to Costco yesterday. You went was to Costco yesterday. Is this the most key move to go when everyone else hey. is hunkering down? I'm surprised. Well, I guess I'm not. I shouldn't be surprised that they were open. Man, well, the, was... the main roads were fine. I drove down Keniston. It was fine. So I went to Costco. Yesterday was the day to go. There was no one there. I, I could have got all the milk I wanted. Were they still doing samples? Could you just sit there and tons, uh... tons, <laughs> tons? Did they really? I'll be honest, I don't think I've been in a Costco for at least 10 years, but I have heard that uh, it's usually packed. The parking lot is packed. So this was the the opposite of that yesterday oh, when, uh, when you went in. Best experience at Costco since they uh, limited the number of people that could go in back in March uh, 2020. And, you know, they could only let so many people in. And you'd, have, go, you'd finally get in and have the whole store to yourself. So uh, I had a great time. Yesterday was the day to go, not the day before with all those lines. I did uh, I did get out a little bit yesterday after the program just to see what things were like in and around the neighborhood and uh, popped in to see a couple friends that were still working 
And, um, and yeah, I, I mean, I think, listen, I, we just got lucky when it comes down to it. I mean, especially people that are in charge with the uh, removal of said snow, whether it's from your home or your office, um, it could have been way worse. I mean, I think we're going to clock in just in excess of about 25 centimeters of snow, which sucks anytime, but especially in April. Uh, but I mean, just like 10, not even 10 kilometers north of the city, St. Andrews was 35 and Selkirk was 45. It'll be interesting to see some of those numbers from uh, in and around the Morden area. I got to tell you, though, dude, I don't know if you've seen any of the pictures from like North Dakota in that area that, you know, was, well, Minot got 24 inches before we got it. And then we're expecting another 18. And I did see a couple of smaller towns in North Dakota where you would open up the door and it was just the imprint of the door, snow top to bottom in the entire opening <laughs> for the door. So, uh, I think we should all be probably thankful that we'll have less to deal with going forward. What is going to suck is that it's going to be cold for the next few days. Um, but the good news is, from what I just read, uh, thanks to the uh, crack staff at ChrisD.ca, the infrastructure folks do not believe that um, this is going to impact the flood forecast too much. And I think that was a major, major worry going into this. So, uh, you know what? shut her down for the rest of the day or actually it'll be interesting to see whether people are out and about later on i mean it's not nice out by any stretch of the imagination but it's not like everything is impassable especially in, in the city so uh anyways getting into a long weekend hopefully people will still be able to do their passover and easter plans and uh we've got some hockey to get back to as the uh, jets get into this florida road trip remo uh with games in town uh, against the panthers and the lightning before taking on the Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, and we kind of know where the Jets are right now, and their situation is a long, long, long shot at best. Um, but this is still going to be interesting to see them go up against some of these top teams. And, of course, uh, Captain Blake Wheeler back in the mix today, spoke to the media, and he will play tomorrow. Uh, but Mark Scheifele not on the trip and will not play in any of these four games, according to Coach Dave Lowry. Yeah, our daily look at the money puck playoff odds. The Jets have gone down. From 0.5% to 0.4% chance. So uh, a tough one, you know, when you don't play other teams, you know, play, it's it's tough. But we did get some good news. And yeah, I think the I think we're going to have to look at these games has this weekend. Definitely measuring stick games for sure. No doubt about it. Florida. Oh, yeah. Are we getting the Tampa. litmus test back out for, uh, for this? Uh, oh, well, that's all we have here. <laughs> these last one. Look ahead to next year. See how they stack up against teams. You hear Dave Lowry talk. What's so good about Florida? Well, they roll all four lines, and they all can all score. Um, you know, even their third line with uh, rookie Lundell, he's been pretty good. And I think that's one thing for the Jets. You know, they we know they haven't been rolling four lines. You know, the fourth line was an afterthought. Thought they might get like four minutes, but there was some good news, as you said. Blake Wheeler, he practiced on line with Connor Dubois and Wheeler, and Connor Dubois, he is Wheeler, and so he's good to go. Mark Shifley, as we had heard. Not on the trip. Some other notes. Uh, Jansen Harkins skated. Didn't participate in the line rushes per Mitch Clinton. He's a game-time decision, according to Lowry, but probably will play. And this was interesting. We talked about this one yesterday. Cole Perfetti. Uh, we saw him looking great next to Pierre-Luc Dubois in a suit. Go to yesterday's show. We put up the picture. He <laughs> skated, according to Dave Lowry, for 7 to 15 minutes. Not close to returning. Sounds like to me, he's like, you guys got a private plane to Florida? There's a blizzard coming? 
I'm hopping on. I think that's what Cole Perfetti. I will did. ride. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get save me a seat. Uh, I don't know. Mark Shafley didn't get so lucky. Maybe he had to get evaluated. Uh, D pair is the same. Morrissey, Demello, Schmidt, Bianc, Sandberg, Dylan. So shout out to uh, Mitch Clinton, lucky guy in Florida. Yeah, ev everything was on Zoom today. You could just hear the disappointment in poor Mike McIntyre's voice having to do those questions and cover the team from a Zoom call as opposed to being down with them in Florida. Um, hey, some great comments in the chat there. And hey, Pat Canuga, what's going on, Pat? Always appreciate Pat jumping in on the program. Uh, and yes, I agree. So glad we didn't get what North Dakota did. No one wants a flood of this century. And uh, the Earl out in Eli says it's still snowing out in Eli. It's definitely not snowing in Florida, Reem. And as I said yesterday, you mentioned there was that picture of Pierre-Luc Dubois that the Jets put out, a far more tasteful pic than what he put out on his Instagram. Still a little hot about that episode from yesterday with the uh, with the, the in-your-face uh, post of the uh, of beach time for the guys. All joking aside, though, um, you know, Wheeler will be back and it moves Svechnikov down. But it was interesting hearing from the lines that um, Morgan Barron, who really sort of moved up into that spot when we both Wheeler and Shifley were out, is going to stay uh, playing with Ehlers and Paul Stastny. And I have to admit, considering the way he performed against Montreal, it would have been nuts to get him off that line. So, uh, you know, we talked about young players making the most of their opportunities. Barron absolutely has done that in the absence of Wheeler and Shifley for the last couple games. Um, and has certainly earned a spot for another game or two playing with two pretty impactful players in the top six in a, in a spot in an NHL lineup that Morgan Barron has never had the opportunity in his NHL career, his very brief NHL career outside of last game against the Habs. Yeah, I think this is the time to do it. Put guys in position, see what they can do. Look forward to next year. And, you know, with Shifley back, he'd probably enter your top six. So an opportunity opens for a Morgan Barron looked great last game, two points. Uh, Stasny Ehlers, they've had some really nice chemistry lately, so let's keep it going. See how it goes now. I think a tougher test today than the last two games. No offense to Ottawa Montreal, but you're not in the playoffs. You're in the bottom of the standings in Florida. Stanley Cup contender, Tampa as well. So another look. You know, he looked good moving the puck. Had some nice setup passes. Uh, real shifty there uh, up along the boards, so... We have to like that. The Sanford Lowry Appleton's been solid and seems like we'll get a hard, I know, icy Mount skated there. It seems like we'll get Harkins back in. You know, the one guy we keep talking about too, uh, Dylan Samberg. Loved what he's brought to the team. You know, look at his Corsi 4 percentage. He's always over 50%. And him and Dylan, you know, two big guys really balances out the, uh, you know, the. It gives you some some big guys, you know, a lot Going of Going back to your Nintendo theory. Yeah, yeah it goes with, <laughs> yeah, you got a lot of other. You know, skinny, medium guys, but I think those are two big bruisers uh, back there. Yeah, well, <clears throat> you know, as I said, I mean, I think all of this is subject to change, uh, but it is interesting to see the way this team looks like for the time being without Mark Shifley and, you know, the guys that are stepping in. I mean, Stastny and Ehlers were awesome in that game, and I do think Paul Stastny, it's interesting to think about a guy trying to show anything at his point in the, his career uh, already having scored 20 on the season. But this is a great opportunity for Paul Stastny to remind both the coaching staff, the organization, and maybe people around the National Hockey League uh, that he is more than capable of still holding his own, playing with good players at the center ice position. Um, and listen, you know, even when he's been on the wing, he's been taking a lot of face-offs. And certainly, I think when he was 
Um, you know, there are times, depending on what line he was on, where he had to maybe handle a little bit more of the responsibilities of the center, if you will. Um, but it was pretty clear that he liked being back in the middle, certainly likes playing with Nikolai Ehlers. And, uh, and they had a nice little connection with Morgan Barron. So we'll see that group going, uh, going as well, to, um, you know, for tomorrow's game. Um, and then throughout the rest of this trip, I mean, as I said, it's no real different from my perspective when we uh, talked about the games in Ottawa, the games in Montreal. Um, this is a time for um, them, to, as much as they're happy to be out of the blizzard and down in South Florida and probably thinking about the off-season at times, um, it's time to finish strong and uh, you know, to, for the individual players to make a statement to the organization about how they are committed to what they're supposed to be doing and you know, hopefully get some results too. Although I think the results at the end, wins and losses, especially when you talk about these teams that are coming up and playing against, probably not that important in the big picture, but um, certainly from Dave Lowry's perspective to continue to build on the last sort of five periods on the road, I think very important, especially for some of these young guys that we mentioned coming into the show. Yeah, Paul Stasny really taking advantage of his opportunity here. Having a great year, 20 goals. First time he's had 20 goals since 2013-14 uh, with Colorado. He's 20-20, man, 20 goals, 20 assists. So, uh, I mean, great year. And we were thinking maybe next year you'd get him at a discount, but he's got more points than he had last year, than two years ago. Uh, even before that. So it's been going, I mean, career year uh, for him. So uh, I'm actually curious what's going to happen. He seemed open to coming back, but, uh, you know, we know he's a smart player and bringing along with Nikolai Ehlers, they've combined and Morgan Barron. So we'll see how they are uh, there tomorrow against, uh, against Florida. Well, and, you know, the future for Stassi is interesting. <clears throat> I was listening to Totha earlier. And, you know, Jim was saying, you know, it'd be great if Paul Stassi could come back at, you know, maybe $2 million or maybe at one point something. And I'm like, guys, yeah, I, I, like, you think Paul Stassi's getting a pay cut this year after the season he's having this season? <laughs> I don't think so. And I have no idea why he would. Um, you know, he went from $6 million to three and a half or 3.75, whatever the number was that he's playing on this year. And... That has been money well spent for the Winnipeg Jets. And I mean, we talked about, you know, what Stastny can do for this team, both on the ice and in the dressing room. Um, and depending on what happens next year, I mean, listen, if they run back the entire same group, I'm not sure whether Stastny is thinking that that is the best spot for him. Um, but, you know, you don't know. I mean, with the potential trades and whatnot, I mean, there could be a spot for Paul Stastny to play at center even next year. Um, bottom line is he has... Done uh, this season that he's had, especially for Winnipeg, I think has proven his worth to this organization. And um, now, whether it's a second year on a deal, um, but but I guess the bottom line is that I don't know what you think about that. This Remus, I don't think his price tag is going down significantly after the season he's put together for the Winnipeg Jets. No, uh, he signed the one-year deal um, last summer with the Jets, three point seven five. I agree with you. If anything, it would probably stay the same. I don't know if it'll go up, but yeah, I think coming into the year, we thought he'd be playing a lesser role on the team and maybe be bumped down to like, I don't know, under two mil. But uh, if I'm Stasi, I think you're definitely worth what you got this year. Again, career highs in goals. Uh, he's 40 points. He's playing a big role on the team. Uh, you know, taking a bit of a leadership role as well. So I think you have to like it. And, you know, hopefully he wants to come back. Um, he sounds like he was open to it at the deadline. They didn't trade him. So 
I don't know, sometimes it's easier to stay in the same place than move around. We thought maybe he'd be interested in Colorado. You know, he started his career there, um, the college at Denver, but uh, it didn't work out that way. So he's still here, and maybe they do bring him back. I would, I'd like to see Stasi back. I think he's become a fan favorite. You know, even his short time, you know, 2017, 18 playoffs, you saw a lot of Stasny jerseys around for a guy who was a trade deadline oh. pickup. So I think people do, would want to see him back here for sure. Jets have never won a playoff series without Paul Stastny. <laughs> That's uh, the other. What about? No, he was there. He was there last year. Yeah, you're you're right. And they didn't beat St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, without him. Uh, so, that, that time, you're right. Very important player. And you know, we speak so much about what he does on the ice and the versatility and all the different plays that he's mentioned. But you know, I really do think that you know, when this audit comes, I mean, you know, we know who the players are. Um, there'll be a big question about the coaching. Uh, and how the coaching staff has, you know, handled the players, the systems and all that. But there's also uh, an entire another level of conversation. And that is, you know, your leadership group, your core, uh, the veteran players that lead by example. And make no mistake about it, Paul Stassi is at the top of that list um, as far as uh, as far as I'm considering, I, I think. So we'll get to all of that. We'll talk with Brewicki on it. And uh, also Ken Weeb. Coming up a little later on, we will do some marbles. Going to be a fun, fun show. Um, but Remo, I did want to get a little bit of time in this first segment before we bring Brandon in to talk about the real show last night on TV, and that was Vladdy Jr. with the hat trick of bombs last night in uh, in the Bronx in New York in the Yankee Stadium. Man, I saw these tweets. How lucky is the city of Toronto has to have two superstars? The Hart Trophy winner. <laughs> Sorry, Hard Trophy favorite, Austin Matthews. You're going to trigger a lot of people in the chat. They do not like mentioning the Austin sorry. Matthews in the season that he's having. People get mad when you bring up, bring up Austin Matthews for some reason in the chat. And then they have generational superstar Vlad Guerrero Jr. You had been waiting this for this for a couple of years. You know, you remember him homering in the preseason in Montreal and you know, he was had an MVP caliber season last year, but it seemed like he's really taken uh, physical fitness seriously, dropped a lot of weight, added muscle. I remember two years ago, you know, you look at him, you're like, this guy is the face of, uh, of the franchise, but there he was yesterday at Yankee Stadium. Four for four, three bombs, four RBIs. Uh, what an incredible... What an incredible performance for, for Vladdy. Uh, well, one other thing happened in that game. <clears throat> there, was, there was another unfortunate wave incident that really hurt the home team last night. Jays were up 3-0. Yankees tie it up uh, in the sixth. They go to the seventh inning. The Jays, it's 3-3. The Jays have two men on, one out. And the Yankees fans are just getting into the wave, not paying attention to the game at all. It is wave time. They are grinding out the wave. Um, I can't recall who hit it, but it was basically what is a routine ground ball that's a double play 19 times out of 20. Potentially distracted by the wave or just the bad karma of doing the wave at a tie game in the seventh inning. The throw to First, took the first baseman off the bag, safe. George Springer comes up, knocks in the go-ahead run, and the Jays never looked back. So um, I know we've had some fun times. The Jets have benefited from the wave a couple times. I believe the Nashville game and Calgary game on the road. We talked about the wave last Friday against the Colorado Avalanche, but a, a bit an interesting baseball 
wave sighting that ended up not going well for uh, for the home team. I'm sure you guys will have some thoughts on that in the uh, in the chat. All right, Brandon Wiki's coming up in just a second, Remo. I should have a big shout out to our friends at Wallace and Wallace. Uh, once digging out of this is finished, uh, we're going to get some nice weather. Spring is going to be here, and there are many projects you might be thinking about doing. And if it involves fencing or overhead doors, Wallace and Wallace is the guys for you. Hey, you've seen their fences and trucks all over the city. Wallace and Wallace has been serving residential and co commercial customers for over 75 years. Uh, if your property needs the security and protection of a new fence, or if winter's done a number on your old one, give Wallace and Wallace a call. Vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link, or wood, they have the right, right fence for you. And if it's time to replace your garage door, they've got Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. 204-452-2700. Ben, Charles, Mark, the rest of the experts at Wallace will arrange a time to come out and give you a free estimate. And you can also visit them at wallacefences.com or pop down to the showroom on Lawson Road off Keniston. Uh, lots going on at Vita Health this week. Uh, of course, 20, like every single day of the year, you'll find great prices on Winnipeg's best selection of natural and organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, and so much more. Not to mention delicious lunch options like Vita Market's salads, soups, sandwiches, and more. The falafel salad, especially tasty, and you can get your barbecue on with delicious lean bison steaks or chicken. And if you can't make it into one of their seven stores, visit their brand new fully shoppable website to buy online or schedule delivery with Instacart. Vita Health Fresh Market, seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. And a great chat with Andrew over at F Apparel yesterday. They are ready to go for spring and summer. Um, hey, don't be that guy that leaves his new suit to the last minute. You have an event this summer. If you want a fresh look, now's the time to come and see us. Not to mention maybe a uh, you want to look great and you want that suit to fit. Get ready for the summer and going forward with that trip down to uh, F Apparel. They do have all their new spring and summer fabrics in stock and ready. Over 250 fabrics in every style pattern or color. And uh, of course, still the go-to place for weddings. If you are involved in a wedding party and you guys are thinking on what to do, talk to F Apparel. You can get amazing suits that you can wear for a long time after that. And you get a 15% deposit when you go to F Apparel. 190 Smith Street and check them out online or make an appointment at F. That's EPHapparel.com. All right. Rowicki time on the program. We've got lots, lots to chop up with Brandon. First things first, how uh, how did you and your your young family handle the blizzard over the last few days? <laughs> Have you been shoveling a lot? Uh, well, I threw up my back uh, a little bit uh, before the blizzard got started, so that was on purpose. Timing. Is this a scam? Uh, yeah. <laughs> your wife's you're pulling the John Reyes, and no, uh, your, no, your wife's no, doing like, all my... the shoveling. <laughs> Look, everyone, my wife loves getting outside and doing it. No, um, no, that's just my body breaking down. Um, 30, 33 going on 73. So that was fun. Um, but, you know, right before I came on, I a little chilly. I was able to get the furnace going back again, but I wanted to kind of get my mind. And yeah, I just wanted to change the vibes. I was feeling kind of down. So I just popped in pga 2k and played 18 out there in hawaii so i'm I'm feeling pretty good now i'm, I'm in a, a better state of mind i love the fact that you're, now are you on a do you did it on a computer are you on a ps4 or a uh, xbox 
Damn, I wish I had. I might have to get a PlayStation just to go head to head with you. Remus and I are going to make some uh, get on it on the computer as well. But I, I, I love that game so much. I think I might have to have each system. So whoever <laughs> wants to play, I can hit it on uh, on any side. Hey, listen, before we get to the Jets, how about the Vladdy show last night? Man, I love me some Vladdy. Oh. And it, it's funny, too, because I'm at this. I have this like internal struggle. I and I I love I played baseball growing up. Love baseball. I hate watching baseball now. I th- I think the sport has taken a absolute nosedive into. They're just it's not a fun game to watch anymore. And, and so I I have to kind of force myself to watch baseball. But of course my interest at the game has been at an all time low. But the Blue Jays maybe outside of that one playoff run, I've never been more excited to watch right now. So I I'm kind of just. I'm not even watching the Blue Jays that much. It's just get a notification when the top of the order heads to the plate for the Blue Jays and I can watch Vladdy mash a couple 480 in basically every park in the major leagues and I get my fix that way. But yeah, well, he is he is just on another planet right now. And you wonder, you know, like, is it is it going to be a 50 season? Is it going to be a chase to 60? I mean, with the way he's belted it right now, he might be making a, he might be having himself one hell of a season. I would have loved to have known what, you know, if we went to the Cool Bet guys and said, give me a number on Vlad Guerrero Jr. homers and Blue Jays homers in Yankee Stadium over the course of the season because they're going to play, what, nine or ten games. And that that ballpark, it reminds me of when the Goldeyes started and they were playing in Winnipeg Stadium and, like, left field was, like, 240 yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Obviously, it's not quite that. But, I mean... You know, there are so many balls that go out at Yankee Stadium that wouldn't uh, uh, otherwise. Now, that being said, Vladdy wasn't needing, um, although the first one was very tight. They had to go back and uh, review it. Uh, No doubters on those others. And I mean, he's got a swing and the ability to get his bat on balls that simply nobody else can. I mean, some of the slow-mo replays of the way he was able to get around on 98 miles an hour and pull it into the field was... uh, but something else. But I'll tell you what, nice to see Berrios get back with a much better start, although you know he did have that one rough inning that led to him leaving. Uh, but overall, very exciting time for the Blue Jays. Very different point in the season for the Winnipeg Jets, although maybe they came in with similar sort of Blue Jays-type aspirations. We know that isn't the case, but what a weird week for, for, the, for the guys. And Brandon, as someone that has a young family that is married, can you imagine having coming back from that road trip, getting in at 2 or 3 in the morning or whatever it was, with all this hype about this massive storm that's coming and then telling your better half, honey, uh, there's gas in the generator. We're, uh, we're leaving early. I'm on my way to Florida this afternoon. Like those, the most interesting thing about this hockey team right now was those conversations that we'll never get to hear and what the guys had to go through before they got out of Dodge two days early. Yeah, and then what was before the trip to Florida? It was a night out in Montreal. Yeah, it's it's tough right now being a Winnipeg Jet, right? Have a night out in Montreal that we head to Miami for a couple of days. So, hey, at least the team's feeling good. Happy for them. But, um, I, I mean... That part of it's funny. What is, I guess, actually enjoyable for, for Jets fans is that you get a couple of youngsters coming up with some some big-time performances, right? I mean, it was welcome to Morgan Barron's world uh, the other night in Montreal, and then Dylan Sandberg's having himself just a hell of a, a hell of a stretch here since coming back from injury. He was the guy that was getting better and better. I guess it would have been like a month or, or two months ago when he was playing 
gets the injury that sucked but it really looks like he's just stepped right back into the lineup and he's like yeah i'm gonna continue the the upwards trajectory here because he hasn't looked rusty at all and yeah i mean even if you're a billy hanala supporter it's it's pretty tough to make a case that dylan sandberg hasn't wrestled away the the pole position when it comes to you know Jets defenders, the, the prospects and, and guys that are kind of staking a claim for a no doubt about it NHL job next season. He's been he's been so, so tremendously good. Well, and, and, and you know what was funny? I mean, I looked and I would have said that I was surprised that he and Brendan Dillon didn't play more in the game yeah. against Montreal with how good they were. And I remember who was we were speaking with. I think it might have been Marat yesterday. I mean, another big credit to Dylan Sandberg is how good Brendan Dillon has looked playing with him during the time they've been together. And let's face it, Dylan's been paired with Neil Pionk for a good portion of this season. We've talked about the struggles that Pionk has had. I mean, he seemed to calm everything down, and that was a pairing that I think Dave, Dave Lowry could really, really rely on. Now, they didn't quite have the minutes of those other two, and you know, I guess Dylan on the PK had a couple minutes more than Dylan Sandberg, but you want to... Talk about coming into the lineup and making a case, not only that you belong and should stay in the lineup, but even on a period-to-period basis, worthy of maybe a few more shifts out there. That, to me, is exactly what Dylan Sandberg has done, and I couldn't agree with you more, Brandon. I mean, if we're talking about looking at the defensemen that are poised to you know, make impacts next year, um, I mean, I realize that we don't have a ton of NHL experience to talk about but from when dylan sandberg is in um if you didn't know that he was a rookie playing in his first few games and just said look at these guys who's the who's the inexperienced player that hasn't been there i don't think dylan sandberg would be even one of your first couple choices no no and you know it's it's not just a case either of putting a guy in the lineup because he's big right like he, he can pass the puck he's got some pretty decent skill and he skates well you know both that's what both him and morgan Barron have um, that they're, they're kind of in the same mold that you almost don't realize how big they are because they move so well. They, they look like, you know, six foot, six foot one guys, but they're, you know, six, three, six, four and, and well over two twenty. So I, I, to me, there's no reason why you don't just elevate the responsibility for, for Sandberg moving forward here. And maybe you don't have, um, you know, a second or a third pair behind Morrissey and DeMello. You just have two, a two B and you split the minutes that way. I, I have no problem with that. And, and it's, you know, again, with only, what is it, like eight games or so left in the season, you know, a, a loss or two on this trip out in Florida wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for the Jets because, you know, as a management and, and coaching staff, you can kind of go to the players and say, look, we're officially out of it. It's time to give Sandberg 20 minutes a night. It's time to give Hanela maybe a chance in the lineup for somebody that's battling some injuries and, and, and things like that. That That's really the final piece of the puzzle here when it comes to to a guy like Dylan Sam, because, you know, we know he's, we kind of know he's a third pair defenseman, right? Like that's, that's the floor of what we've seen so far, but I'd be intrigued to see if he gets 20 minutes a night and you don't put him on the power play, but put him on one of the penalty kills, make him your number one penalty kill, uh, half of a number one penalty killing pair and see what the kid can do. Because, you know, he, he did, he's not coming in as a 19 year old. You know, he's been drafted for a while. He's played pro for, for a few seasons. Now it's, albeit just a handful of games down the stretch here. I, I think it's a major, major, it, it really behooves the Jets to to get him in, get him 20 minutes a night and get a sense of, okay, is he actually a potential second pair guy for us next season? Or is it put him on the third pair? And then we sit and wait to see how the, the year develops before. Well, you know, it, it is a great point because, I mean, we all know that, I mean, there is, it's crowded back there on the Jet blue line. 
And there are some players that I think the organization and certainly, you know, many of us believe that are ready to, you know, play more prominent roles. There's the whole cap side of the conversation when you realize if you're able to get off of a contract or two of that group, what it allows you to do up at the forward group and bring in some younger, cheaper players, you know, that can really contribute. I mean, you're looking at these final games and your point about Sandberg is, I think, very well taken. I mean, I agree with you. The floor is a third pairing defenseman. But I think in these final eight games, there's an opportunity to see how much more a player like that is capable of, Brandon. And, you know, when you're essentially playing for next year, although I guess the team probably wouldn't admit that right now. I mean, those are the things that can be tangibly positive for players and the team going into next season. And to me, that's what this is about giving some younger players like the guys we just mentioned opportunities to show what they can do and potentially audition for better roles next season. And then the other thing is, and I think this is part of that whole audit that the Winnipeg Jets are going to be doing about every aspect of the club. You're, we're finding out right now who's in, who's committed, um, you know, who believes in themselves, their teammates, and comes out with the professional af- uh, um, efforts and basically shows the pride that you need in a team, even when things are out and um, you know, probably some of that's going to be happening on the inside as well that we won't see. But I go back to that game against Montreal and, you know, I uh, listen, I do think, I mean, we kind of had some fun, you know, talking about the way the team looked with the fact that, you know, the captain and the assistant captain were both out and certain guys stepping up and we know what the record is. Uh, but honestly, it was on a number of players that don't normally have, you know, bigger, those roles, to step up and man, the team really did. That was as full of a complete 60 minute effort as we've seen. And I think back to plays like, and I've mentioned this Mason Appleton play in that first period a couple times, but the effort that he showed to get back, go all out, extend his stick to break up a spot. I mean, those are the spot, the video, the video meetings for the jets have probably been miserable for the majority of this year because they're talking about, you know, breakdowns and that, that's the sort of video that you want to show players saying, this is exactly what we're expecting out of everyone. And there are some guys leading by example. And as I said, that game in Montreal, yes, it was against the Habs. Uh, we know what the situation is though. I mean, uh, those are the efforts and the performances you're looking for a team from the start of the game till the end of the game. And uh, it was a nice jumping off point, especially for those young guys playing in much bigger roles. Oh, did, did people mention that Chifley and Wheeler weren't in and, and the Jets are undefeated? Was that... There and was no. there and, was yeah. once or twice. Okay, interesting. Well, uh, you will hear and listen. I did too. I mean, it's five and zero, oh, and that was one game. And I mean, I realize that's a very very small sample size, yeah. but it was hard to not look at that team the way that they were playing and some of the guys stepping up and you know and thinking about it. Do you think it's just a complete statistical anomaly, a strange thing, or does the team look different, um, or do some guys step up more when? They're in those roles that are normally taken up by the guys that have had those spots for a long time. You know, this is really rare, but I thought our our good buddy North End Rick said it best. Um, he whoa, mentioned whoa, that. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, exactly. Whoa, yeah. What? Yeah, that... <laughs> hey, look okay. outside. Hell throws it over. He's finally Re- right about something. Remus, we're going to need to edit this for the podcast. We don't need this getting out. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it could mean nothing or it could mean everything, right? Like that's that's kind of what it is, right? Like, it's it is tough to watch them play like they did in Montreal and just completely brush it inside and say you know you know what it happens teams miss star guys all the time and they elevate their game and they they find a way to get a win when when maybe they shouldn't it, so it is it is tough to brush that aside knowing that there has been a lack of defensive accountability with more so Shifley than Wheeler this season I think Wheeler might be more 
age-related decline. Shafley, maybe yeah, more. and listen, to defend Wheeler, he's been one of the best players since the All-Star break. And, you know, when they split those guys up and he went onto the line and the line will see him tomorrow with Connor and Dubois, I thought he'd been playing some of his best hockey. Um, certainly, Shifley's maybe a little bit more of a powder keg when it comes to this sort of a topic. But at the same time, We've spoken so much about the leadership group and there was a bunch of guys that stepped up in their absence. And that is, that is significant as well. And that's exactly what you want to see, frankly, not necessarily anything negative on those other guys, but um, you know, there are guys that are there ready to take a bigger role. It's something I think if you're Chevy, you, you, you tuck it in your back pocket and keep it for later. You're like, Oh, that's interesting. I guess that's what it's interesting. Interesting that some of the younger guys stepped up in their absence and, you know, it's so, sometimes you, maybe even more so a lot of the times, you get the case where, you know, a younger guy gets thrown into an elevated role and it's done at the at the hindrance of the team. And, and the team suffers, but, you know, in the long run, it ultimately helps out that young player. But what we're seeing with the Jets giving chances to some of these younger guys is there isn't really much of a drop-off, right? Like, and, and that's a huge factor going into next season, whether it is a Dylan Sandberg, whether it is a Morgan Barron, or, you know, even Mason Appleton isn't, isn't young, but he's, he's not old either. Seeing him play as well as he has been, it, it, it does give you a decent amount of hope that, you know what, we can plug and place some of these young guys in here, throw Cole Perfetti into the mix too if he ever gets the chance to get back this season. And, you know, may, maybe there is a chance for us to uh, retool what we have here and, and we won't miss much of a beat or, or maybe even improve on, on what we did last season. Well, uh, Brandon Ruick is with us here. Make sure to check out Skates and Plates on your favorite podcast feed. Uh, Brandon's always cranking out great content surrounding the Winnipeg Jets. Um, but along with this conversation, we won't talk. I mean, listen, all season long, we've been talking about what the changes need to be made. And, and I'm on the record saying I think it's probably more likely than not a significant move is made. And I think number 55 is at the top of the list. All that being said, though, Paul Stastny's season, 20 goals, you saw the way he looked back playing in the middle with Nikolai Ehlers, yeah. and I really like that. And you know, a big part of it was what Morgan Barron was able to do and the way he dominated on the boards and was great on the forecheck. But Paul Stastny has been such a big, big part of this. Let me ask you this. Going forward, if they were to make a move like that involving Shifley, how crucial is it, do you think, that Paul Stastny is back for both what he does on the ice as well as I really do think that he is sort of the conscience of the team along with Josh Morrissey. We've heard that quite a bit over the last month. Yeah, I, I would say with Shifley in the lineup, how crucial is it to have Paul Stastny back, right? Like, And, and watching him play in that game, Neelers and Barron were great, but you, you must have been thinking the same thing that I was, that why the hell isn't this guy playing center all the time? Like, sure, sure, he's great out there on the wing and he's a super versatile forward, but man, you, you just, you can't help but think the Jets missed the boat on on having four deep down the middle, Shifley, Stasny, Dubois, Lowry, all all season long. Like, there there really wasn't much of an excuse not to to give that much of a tryout, and it happens because of injury, but, you know, it, it might be one of those things that helps the team out going into next season that we need to give this a legitimate chance here and we might have a well more rounded team a team where the number one center plays 18 19 minutes a night instead of 21 22 and, and we see we see the whole team play better because of that i think it is it, it's borderline mandatory to bring paul stasny back next season i think and i don't think the ticket's going to be all that crazy it, it might be a one-year 
what may, maybe the same deal he just had him on. Well, that you know, Remus now. and I talked about that earlier today. Like, if we're thinking about, like, let's say he comes back, he said, you know, what, I'm good with one year deals. I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to grind for a second year. I'm not sure what my future is. Uh, but by the way, I just scored 20 for the first time, you know, in eight years, I've done everything that you've asked from me, everything else. I mean, like, I don't think he takes another pay cut this year. Do you, I mean, it's pretty hard to, to lean on that. I mean, maybe if you're projecting a drop off or something like that, I mean, if I'm him or his agent, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the season that he just had. I mean, to me, that number is going to be in the three, five, 3.75 number again. And I think he can absolutely justify it when he sits down with the team to talk about that. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. And and the scary thing on the Jets side of things is that there's a number of contending teams that, you know, even though they won't have a ton of cap space, you know, they can offer a similar dollar amount that the Winnipeg Jets can on a one-year deal. But it's like if you're Colorado, Florida, Tampa, you know, go on and on and on. That's going to be a bit of a tough sell for the Jets to to keep him in the fold if a bunch of those teams do come calling, which I, I have to imagine a bunch of those teams do. So that's where you kind of lean on the fact that, you know what, maybe you like it here in the city. If, if Wheeler's back, you like it here with one of your best buds. And we'll, we'll maybe not look at a pay cut, but how about a slight bump up in pay? Not Nothing too crazy, but a slight bump up, and we can find a way to make this work next season. And, and I think that that's got to be the move here for the Jets. He's just been, you know, even just – pushing aside the intangibles, which he does bring, you know, and, and it's good that a guy that has the intangibles can bring it on the ice as well. But you're, you're talking about just a really, really effective player, like a, a no doubt about it. I, I think even at this point in his career, you know, a second line center, even at the age of, you know, 37, going to be 38, heading into 40. I, you know, I don't think a two-year deal is something I'd want to bank on, but I don't know why anybody in Winnipeg wouldn't, jump at the thought of, of getting Paul Stasny back here on a one-year deal. Um, so the maestro, our friend Tristan Rivers, has a pretty interesting comment in here, Brandon. What do you think about this? Playing Stasny as a winger is like playing Wheeler as a center. They can do a very admirable job in that position, but it's a waste not to have them in their natural position. And uh, I'll tell you what, again, he's played the wing most of the season. But when Stastny has gotten in at center, there certainly is an argument to be made that there maybe is more to get out of 25 when he plays in that position, especially when we're talking about the issues that the Winnipeg Jets have had at the center position, handling things for the full 200 feet. Well, and if we're talking about, you know, throwing guys out of position and all that, you know, if you want to keep Mark Shifley around, you know, why not boot Mark Shifley out to the wing? Listen, do you think Dave, how many times do you think Dave Lowry seriously considered that this year? I would bet it would be many. And I don't know whether how easy that would be or what the personalities are involved because there's a lot that goes into asking a player of that stature on the club to make a move like that. And there's obviously reasons for it. I mean, that's not the plan right away, but I couldn't help but think that. I mean, man, I bet Dave Lowry's been thinking about this every couple weeks like since he took the job over at times based on what happens on the ice yeah how, how could you not but but here's the thing it's if you're the head coach or or the manager or whatever position this isn't a, a an asking thing you think like do you think daryl sutter asked sean monahan hey do you want to be a fourth line center this year no it was you're not playing well enough head down to the fourth line and be positive and if you play better we'll bring you back up like there shouldn't be a discussion i know what you're saying like there is a lot of you know, locker room politics and dynamics and things like that. But it just, it, it's one of those things that shouldn't be 
Well, it just it's- feels like there's way more here. And listen, I'm going to hang that on Paul Maurice. I mean, like Dave Lowry kind of came in in the midst and this was the team. This was the way things were operating. And, um, you know, we know who was the, uh, you know, who was sort of crowned, who were the the guys that were always playing that were, you know, we had the opportunity. And uh, I mean, going in in the position that Dave Lowry and completely blowing that would be tough. But I mean, I think we all agree that's exactly what this team needs. I mean, the tough love uh, and and well, listen, it goes back to the word that I don't know how many times we've said about this hockey team all season long, but it's the one thing that comes up over and over again is accountability. Daryl Sutter has absolutely instilled a level of accountability that's taken the flames from being one of the most disappointing teams in the NHL last year to a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. And I'm not sure that the previous coach or the head coach now, um, whether they tried, whether they didn't put the right buttons, I don't think they ever really got to that point anywhere close to what we're seeing with some of the, you know, the teams that are truly contending for a Stanley Cup. Yeah, well, and and that's on management too, right? Because I, and I agree. I agree with that. That, that Paul Maurice deserves to shoulder a bunch of the blame. But what did you think was going to happen by replacing him with one of his assistants? Right. Like I, I don't think the message was going to be drastically all that different. And and that falls on the guy calling the shots. So I like it. It was almost basically an organizational failure at that. But point, to them, right? but to them, I mean, they'll tell you that they never wanted Maurice to leave. I mean, uh, and this is funny. This goes back to December. I mean, I especially after hearing Shevel Dayoff speak after Maurice was gone that day. Um, like I kind of left that thinking, you know what? Maybe this was one of those things where they knew they were going to have to make a move quickly. And this was a way to allow Paul who had been with the club for so long, maybe a bit more graceful way to leave. But then when you saw what happened afterwards, like with the way, with the way things went with Dave Lowry, like, and obviously there was the weird COVID break and the way the team played. More and more, I'm thinking Paul Maurice legitimately did walk away and said, listen, I mean, I've tried just about everything with this group. They obviously need a different voice, and uh, I'm uh, I'm out of here. Um, I don't know. We'll probably never really know the truth. There's a lot of things about this team we'll probably never really know, which will drive everybody nuts. Um, but I really do think, like, now that um, I was convinced that this was sort of like, hey, one or the other, go. Uh, now I'm not so sure about that, and, you know, I thought more and more about that as we've watched this team throughout the season yeah maybe a little both man right (laughs) maybe it was a gentle conversation and and that allowed maurice to say yeah i don't want to deal with this anymore this this is this is on somebody else and it's what's crazy to me is just how often he touched on the fact that he just wasn't having fun anymore like it was a drag and it was making him almost miserable and this was going back to what was it? The first playoff run against Calgary in the bubble, right? Like, a, a long well, I think time. the bubble sucked for everyone involved. And he did say that he had some time, you know, after the Montreal series, kind of thinking about whether it was time. But uh, where's Tracy's comment here? She just had one in here. Um, said, "Are you still on that?" No, Paul burnt out in the summer, and they convinced him to come back. He just couldn't do it, and he knew it. I'll tell you what, Tracy. To be perfectly honest, I didn't see a lot of wear and tear on Maurice when the team was nine three and three, starting in the first fifteen games and challenging Edmonton at the top. I mean, listen, it's the losing, uh, and and frankly, if you're a head coach, not getting the buy-in from the team that you've been with for a long time, that I think sort of pushes you to that point because winning's fun. I mean, no one had any sort of issues when this team had a great start in the first fifteen games of the season. It was only when the bottom starts falling off that, you know, sort of, you know, some of the real issues, I think, come out. 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you're looking at it from Paul Maurice's perspective, too, I mean, realistically, he's been the only head coach that Mark Shifley's ever had. Like, I know there was that brief, the the brief stint with, with Claude Noel um, while Maurice replaced him halfway through the season. But if we're being realistic, he's basically been the, the full-time head coach for Mark Shifley his whole career. And it's probably frustrating as hell for him because, again, if we can see it, I'm sure he can see it, too. And if a guy's not listening or you're not able to hold him accountable or whatever it is, yeah, I, I can see why you don't want to come to work too many more times often. And then the losses and all the negativity, and it, it, it probably just reached a, a boiling point, a tipping point that, you know, just something had to be done. Whoever made the ultimate call again, we, we don't really know that, and we might never know that. But to me, that was, if that was the direction Maurice wanted to go or the direction the team was forced into going, either way, that was just, it was the perfect opportunity to bring an outside voice in. Have, yeah, have but I mean, it happened on in. a game day. Like, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like, he literally came in that morning and said, I'm done. And no, Dave Lowry he, woke up not knowing that he was a head coach and literally moved over. I mean, I don't really know. I'll say this. I think they did have a lot of confidence in Dave Lowry and in this club. I mean, I think at that point, they're looking at this team going, we should be way, way better. Okay, maybe this is going to be something that helps out. But I don't think they believed if they were trying, if they wanted Paul to stick around, it wasn't a full detour from what they'd invested for, for all those years. It was maybe a different voice can get more out of this group. And it just didn't. Yeah. I, I just, I, I still think that if, if the coach is gone and you can have Dave Lowry as an intern for whatever, a handful of games, whatever it is, it's a tough yeah. spot to be in, but that's the deal. And you bring somebody else in. It, it doesn't have to be a three, four year deal, right? Like you can do a, a tr whatever it is. But at that point, you know, there, there was just the sense that something was amiss, right? And to me, just promoting the assistant coach at that time isn't going to be the, the cure for that. I just think it was a missed opportunity. Having said that, though, it might, might, have, might have been the perfect thing for the team because now it's all laid bare, right, going into this offseason. And, and it's up to management here to figure it out. Is it the coach? Is it the players? Is it a mixture of it all? You know, you kind of get, you, you, we should be able to get some finality on this, right? And, and finally figure things out going into this season as, as to what the problems are and, and how they can get back to where they were a few years ago. But, you know, if we're just talking about trying to get back into the playoffs this season, to me, that was the move to be made, and it was just a, a misstep by management. Yeah, well, just going to add to a uh, more interesting offseason because there's a lot of things that are still on that to-do list that uh, haven't really changed, even with the uh, the coaching change. Uh, what's going on? Are you going to do a Good Friday edition of uh, S&P? Uh, when, uh, when's the next episode out? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. My my lap, my heat went out last night, so I had to, had to warm up the laptop this morning to get it going for this, so... We'll see. I, I got some other things I got to deal with, but um, if it does come out, it'll be tomorrow morning. And um, yeah, at Skates Place Pod, at Brandon underscore Wiki, you'll be able to find it there. But I, I got to survive the night first, and then we'll worry about the podcast. Yeah, it's survival mode here in Southern Manitoba right now. <laughs> Not too bad, though. Hey, Brandon, always great having you on the program. Thanks for doing this. Uh, have a great long weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Beauty, sounds good. There it is. Our guy, Brandon Rewicki. Great stuff. Make sure to check out Skates and Plates and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Kenny Weeb coming up. And hey, listen, Ken is synonymous with hydration. Uh, we should almost talk to the folks at Culligan and have like a special Culligan intro for the water bottle himself. Uh, and shout out to Kenny's water bottle in the chat. Always one of our favorites. Culligan, when we're talking water and Ken drinks a lot of it, as we all should, uh, have been the leaders in the water game. 
for your home and your business for over 65 years as a family-owned business here in Manitoba. You can visit them down at 1200 Sargent Avenue, and you will find uh, the best selection around of water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, not to mention citywide water delivery services for you and your family. And if your business has water needs, they've got great commercial industrial water products and solutions for your business as well. Talk to the experts at Culligan about whatever you need, 204-694-5180, and you can find them online as well over at drinkculligan.com. Well, we mentioned Manitoba Battery's got a lot going on right now. The uh, the big, the annual battery farm sale is on right now with some great, great offers, including Ford and Chevy half-ton batteries on for only $79.50, Group 31 1100 cranking app batteries for $87.50, and a 900-amp top-post utility battery for $72.50, just to name a few of the things you can take advantage of. Now, for folks on the farm, uh, best way to go about it is uh to phone in ahead get your order in and they'll have it ready for you to come in pick up fast and easy at 1026 logan avenue and uh, for you city slickers good news extended summer hours coming next week for manitoba battery so for instance if you're like paul edmonds finishing up a long day and still want to go in and get your boat ready 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. starting on April 18th for everything you need, not to mention the best prices in town. Uh, you'll always save more time and money than you would at a place like Costco or Canadian Tire. Manitoba Battery, 1026 Logan Avenue. Find out more online at manitobabattery.com. And hey, Royal Sports back open. Uh, well, they were open to yesterday as well. I talked to Greg. Not a lot of people popping in, uh, but I have a feeling there might be a run on Blue Jays gear after that monster game by Vlad Guerrero Jr. So much excitement about the Blue Jays. Uh, and when it comes to the Blue Jays, Major League Baseball, NBA playoffs starting, Raptor gear, not to mention Jets, Bombers, and so much more. Royal Sports is the place. And in addition to all the gear you want to wear to support your teams, it's the number one sports superstore. Soccer, baseball, softball, fitness, bikes, they've got it all. Visit them, 750 Pemina Highway. and You can hit them up on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina. And as soon as this snow's gone, pop down there. An incredible selection of bikes growing by the day as well. All right, let's get to it. Ken Weeb joins us, the appropriate final guest of the week. We will do a marble race a little later on. And uh, I do understand Sean and Ken getting ready to uh, get after it at 3 p.m. as well. What's going on, Weber? How are you? Uh, it's great to be with you. Uh, unlike uh, Jets captain Blake Wheeler, uh, I do have more to elaborate on when it comes <laughs> to the sports discussion. Uh, great, great evening by Vladi Guerrero. If you'd like to start there, more than happy to uh, talk about the three Jacks and the four, first four-hit game of his career, uh, the one being so incredible that he barely... He was jammed so hard, but he still got the bat head out on Garrett Cole's fastball and knocked it out at 109 miles an hour on what, you know, most people ground that out to shortstop, but uh, pretty incredible stuff from Vladdy Guerrero for sure. Uh, fun day all all around. And yeah, we have uh, we have a fun show coming up at uh, three o'clock, no doubt. And uh, we're thrilled to let your fabulous listeners know that you will be part of that show today, along with Brian Munns at 3.35, but uh, none other than Andrew Hustler-Patterson joining us at 3.05. Wow, breaking news. I've yes. been warming up this rubber <laughs> arm in the bullpen, folks, and uh, I'm getting the call. 
So yeah, I'll jump on with the guys. We'll have some fun after uh, we're done. And again, uh, we'll go till around three and then uh, folks can just rip over and uh, we'll continue some fun convos over on the Kenny and Rennie channel here on YouTube. Um, well, listen, let, we might have some time to talk baseball at the end, but let's start talking with the Jets. Sure, and sure, you, sure. <laughs> you mentioned today's availability. And I, I listen, I Maybe thought that was too much inside baseball. Huss. I, I should, I'll, I'll elaborate in a second for sure. For people I who thought, don't get the joke. I thought for sure we were getting full bad mood, Blake, when you <laughs> asked about the injury right off the bat. But in fact, no, it was just for you, Ken. He, uh, he kind of opened up and was a little bit more, uh, he did. uh, expansive later on, but, um, listen back in the lineup, I'm sure he's looking forward to doing that. Um, you know, for a competitor like him, tough to be missing games. Um, and seeing the team play well and young guys step up. Uh, what, what did you take from Blake's first answer and what else we heard from the captain <laughs> as they uh, as they get ready to get back on the ice after the canceled game yesterday? No doubt. Uh, it was fun-loving, Blake, but the problem with the exchange was that it was only a one-way conversation at first because of a, it had been so long since we had been on Zoom. It was a classic technical difficulties, which, as you know, is right on brand uh, with the Kenny and Rennie show. Um I could see Blake's lips moving, but I didn't hear what he was saying. And he made a crack about, you know, Ken Weeb has left the chat. You know, I think he was insinuating that I wouldn't like the answer, but uh, <laughs> he just said, no, I'm doing fine. Uh, and I have nothing else to elaborate on the injury, which is well within his right. And I have no problem with the answer. Um, but it was just kind of a funny, it was funny because I could see him with the Cheshire grin and, and kind of laughing, but, it was one of those things I guess you had to be. It was a lot more funny for Mitchell Clinton and company who were on scene in Sunrise. So just another classic example of you'd rather be on the road than uh, trying to cover the team from from your home office. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Blake being back is obviously uh, big news. He'd been playing very well prior to the injury. Um, and, again, it, whether Blake just doesn't want to talk about it or if he wants to focus on the ice, that is definitely his prerogative, and we have no issue with that. Uh, the fact it looks like he's going to be back with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor. I mean, that's, that's a good sign for the Winnipeg Jets. And um, obviously we should just run down the other injury report. I'm sure you touched on it already, but Mark Shifley, not on the trip. Uh, and, and for folks that are reading into the day to day might be a good sign for Mark Shifley. I would exercise an awful lot of caution on that one. Hustler uh, remembering that not too long ago, Tyler Myers was, day-to-day uh, -day on, I think, November 11th and never played another game that season. So, again, you know, we'll see what happens with Mark, but Hass, I, I'm fairly comfortable in my uh, pretend doctor's assessment. I'm not expecting Mark Scheifele to be back this year. If he does come back, that's great news for him, but uh, I'm not expecting him back. I think it's probably still a separated shoulder and that he's probably not going to be back. But again, if he is back, that's that's great news for him and the Winnipeg Jets. But uh, the other thing, Jansen Harkins will be a game-time decision. And Cole Perfetti being on the trip, even though if it was only a 7- to 15-minute skate, I mean, the fact that he's back on the ice uh, after suffering what we suspected was a shoulder injury from the Jamie Alexiak hit and then the setback of some other kind uh, that he suffered in, in his training, I think that's a good sign. I think a lot of people's eyes kind of lit up when – when the old social media channels showed Cole Perfetti walking onto the plane yesterday with Pierre-Luc Dubois. So uh, obviously a positive development there, but Huss, I don't think that Perfetti is, you know, he's not on the verge of coming back to play. Uh, if he does get back for a game before the year is over, you know, great news for him there. But 
I don't think we'll see Cole Perfetti before, you know, a game in September in preseason either. But I mean, you never know. I mean, that's the beauty of of healing. And uh, we'll see what happens. I'll on say this fronts. on Perfetti, Ken. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. and this was just my deduction from it. But yeah, the minute he wasn't on the Moose Clear Day roster and eligible to play in the Calder Cup playoffs, I kind of figured that that was pretty much it for the season. I mean, am I off on that or did you see it the same way? No, I think that's there is also. I mean, we talked to Kevin Chevalier off that day, and there is a an obscure kind of rule in the CBA that is meant to protect the player from being demoted while injured. Whereas in this situation, I think it kind of hurts the player because Cole would, you know, should he be healthy enough, whether that's for game one of the playoffs or round two or three, I think it would help him to be able to be in those games. But I think it has more to do, I mean, Kevin Sheveldayoff touched on it briefly without really going into great detail, but uh, it was more about the time spent on the roster and not being eligible to be sent because he was still on IR, I guess. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm not expecting him, but, you know, again, if Cole can get back and play, but to me, for Cole, it's all about him getting ready for next training camp. And I know a lot of folks are going to be wondering, will he play at the World Junior that's being played in the summertime? I, I, wouldn't hold, I wouldn't hold my breath on that one either. The most important thing for Cole Perfetti, after two kind of shortened years, one because of COVID and one because of injury, is for him to get his full training in to be ready for training camp in September because he showed flashes of the player he can be, Huss, but he's got to be a player who is a regular, not just a regular, but probably a top six regular for the Winnipeg Jets starting next season. Uh, well, let's talk about the top six for a minute because, of course, Perfetti hasn't been around. Wheeler's been out. Mark Scheifele's been injured. And um, listen, I thought Svechnikov certainly made the most of his opportunity. That goal he scored, which ended up being the winner, I thought was a a great play and it had been a long time coming for him. He hadn't scored in like 20 games. But to me, that game was all about that line with Stastny moving into center, playing with Ehlers and Morgan Barron. And um, listen, I think a lot of credit is deserved. I think we speak more about Morgan Barron because he's the new guy and had never been in that position before and played so well. Um, But man, we've talked a lot about Paul Stastny over the last 24 hours too, the way he has stepped up and just showed the season he's having, the versatility and what he means to this team, both on and off the ice. Uh, Just thoughts on that line, Barron, but as well as what Paul Stastny is showing these days. Yeah, quickly on Barron. I mean, I think that Paul, you know, Morgan Barron projects to probably be a really nice piece potentially on that line with uh, Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton next year, Huss. But man, talk about taking full advantage of an opportunity to play in the top six. Boy, oh boy. Uh, Incredible shot, bar down, basically off the post and in. And then, too, a nice setup as well by Morgan Barron in that game. So uh, that's what you'd like to see. I mean, we talked about a play, you know, it can be tough just getting a, you know, brief opportunity to go up with those guys, but he did a nice job and he did what he's been doing the whole time. He moved his feet and and showed an ability to make smart plays, you know, getting to the blue paint and things of that nature. But I've liked what I've seen from Morgan Barron. He's a really smart guy. We know he's got the uh, Ivy League pedigree and it certainly looks like, uh, that that is incorporated to his on ice play, uh, not just uh, going to the institution of higher learning. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've liked a lot from what I've seen from him. I think he's got the ability to be a real nice contributor for the Winnipeg Jets. But as you mentioned, I mean, um, you know, Nick Leitlers has been dynamite also huh, since his return. You know, he's inching closer to that mark, which I oh, know you're. We need which four I, more. We need I, four more, Ken. Again, Remo, I, I told Huss this privately via text. I want you to fire that. The fire that clip and have it ready for when he hits number 29. I will be looking forward to you, me, 
Remus finding the clip in the archives about emergency 20... victory lap for Ken Weave <laughs> yes, coming on the exactly, program when exactly, uh, when Ehlers exactly. from when Ehlers returned from uh, from things saying guys have hope he could do get it get that and... ready get that ready but yeah I mean Paul Stastny too us I mean man oh man uh, you know never mind drinking from the fountain of youth like having to move to center at that position at thirty five or thirty six years old he's been ex- not just holding the fort there us he's been exceptional there really solid defensively and he's been the kind of glue guy all year long uh, i loved his comments the other day i mean we know you know dave lowry was not interested in taking any credit and even nikolai ehlers was kind of like shooing the topic uh, to the side but i love the fact that not only did stassi want to openly say oh by the way we got a bit of a scolding during the intermission not only did he say that it happened he said he, that he loved it which i loved and many people whether you're a member of the media, fan, or uh, whatever else. I thought that that was fantastic from Paul Stasty. And just one quick thing. For the people who think that, oh, Dave, why didn't he do it sooner? Or why doesn't he do it all the time? You can't yell at people all the time. That's not where we are as a society or in you know in, in hockey or whatever else. But, uh, you know, the fact that he went to crack the whip, good on Dave Lowry and good on the team for responding. Uh, but that's not something that you can do all the time. And, and, you know, Dave Lowry knows it and so does Paul Stasty. but I love the old school appreciation, but man, Huss, for me, we talked about this, I think briefly uh, a week or two ago. I mean, man, if, if you're the Jets, how do you not, find, I mean, if you made the effort to keep him around because you know his value in the leadership role, and not only that, how about the production? 20 goals, 20 helpers. I mean, this is an incredible season or a 36-year-old player has. He hadn't had 20 goals since 2013-14, which like, that's just an incredible stat for a guy who's known as a pass-first player. Uh, man, it's just such a, so impressive to watch. And, I mean, if you're the Jets, don't, no matter – I mean, I know you're talking about it a bit with Brandon. I mean, no matter what you decide to do at the center ice position, I mean, Paul Stastny is a guy that they're going to look at re-signing. How else could you not approach it if you're the Winnipeg Jets – um, man, uh, he's just been fantastic all season long, and he's really shown his value during the stretch run after the deadline when, you know, some people wondered if they might go in the tank and, and kind of fall right out of it. Well, I mean, and let's face it. I mean, we've talked about, you know, this team and the, the, the core and the leadership group for a long time. I mean, Paul Stastny, if you didn't already know that he was the conscience of this team, um, I think we heard it loud and clear this year, along with Josh Morrissey, who... I, I mean, you're around these things. Is this a record for most consecutive games <laughs> and practices to be speaking? I mean, he basically has taken over as like the Jets spokesperson here for the last little while. And I think a big part of it is that he's been honest. He's given such thoughtful answers that I think the media continue to ask Josh because they know they'll get some something that they can use and that the fans will benefit from hearing. Yeah, he's such an, like I said, articulate, honest. He knows how to break the game down and, and not afraid to show emotion either, Huss. I mean, I'm kind of working on a, I want to work on a, I've been working on a feature on Josh Morris and I'm trying to find the right time for it to run. But uh, the only area that Josh is really not comfortable talking about is when I asked him about his own game, which I understand completely. I mean, you've got lots of great answers from his teammates, but uh, even when uncomfortable talking about it, his answers about his skating and edge work and the opportunities, I mean, they've all been, I mean, he hit the, he hit it out of the park today again. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in terms of his assessment of where the team is at, you know, the reason why Josh is so frustrated, Huss, is because he cares so much and he's so disappointed about how things have gone for the team 
uh, in terms of having, not being able to live up to expectations. And again, he's not there to throw people under the bus, but he doesn't want to, you know, even though he's played great for the majority of the season and really played at an elite first pairing level, he takes no joy in personal achievement because his team has not been able to get to where he wanted them to go and where the team wanted to go. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's done a great job on that front and we know it's wearing on him. Josh is a positive guy. Um, he's worn his emotions on his sleeve quite regularly and that frustration has been evident for all to see. So, I mean, I applaud him for, you know, showing that side of him. Uh, but I mean, he's always been a really good talker and, and a guy who's, you know, it, the media enjoys speaking with him because he can break down the game so well, but he also has a really good you know impression of what needs to you know be done in order for the Jets to get to that next level as well. Ken Weeb with us from sportsnet.ca and Kenny and Rennie with us here on the program. Um, Ken, as far as this road trip goes, knowing that Shifley is not going to be with the club, um, do you think basically we're going to get what we saw in practice kind of rolling through for this time? I mean, uh, Mike Asimont's still there. I think it's, you know, it's great to see him stay in the lineup. He didn't get a ton of ice time in that first game. I think they know what they have in Adam Brooks. Um, but specifically, like with a guy like Morgan Barron, we talked about how good he looked in that spot. I mean, going forward, I mean, to me, there's a few things that we can learn from this team in the final eight games. Who cares and who gives a damn from the way they're playing? And I think that might be the most important thing of it all, but also young players, how they can do in elevated roles. Dylan Sandberg, great A for his poor performance so far. Barron as well. I mean, we'd all been told that, hey, Barron's a guy that, you know, could maybe be a fourth line center. Maybe he could be a third line player. I mean, is there a possibility that he kind of shows much more and that is what they sort of lean on over the course of these games, um, depending on what happens um, this weekend in Florida? Yeah, it's interesting, Hutz. I mean, he's he's never been a guy who put up, you know, eye-popping numbers. So, you know, it's unlike, to me, it's more likely that he'd end up with Adam Lowry at some point. But again, he's... The numbers be, in the American League were good. No, no, solid, but like not not crazy. Right? I mean, just, and that's mostly sample size because the season was shortened, I guess, right? So, I mean, he's been a productive player. Don't get me wrong. I'm just, I'm, he has never been, you know, like a Nikolai Ehlers type of point producer is what I mean. Um, not a guy that would scream out top six, but again, that it depends on fit, right? And, and this goes back to the discussion we often have. But for me, Huss, I think he'd be a valuable guy with Lowry and Appleton because that line hasn't had an identity really until the deadline when Zach Sanford came in here. And Sanford's a big body, but he also has great hands. I mean, the play that he made the other night where he basically danced around three guys oh. and then fed Adam Lowry for the backdoor play. I mean, that's impressive. But to me, Barron can play with skilled players because of his smarts. Like, again it's easy to compare them to Andrew Kopp because they were traded for one another, but let's not ignore the fact that there are some similarities. I mean, he has to show over a broader course of time before we start doing direct comparisons, us, but he has some of the same qualities that, you know, coaching staffs, scouting staffs would be looking for in terms of his smarts and ability to play higher up the lineup. But uh, to me, I just think that because of his ability to skate and put the puck in the net, but, you know, play a direct kind of style of game, you can play him in the top six if you need to, but I think it's more likely that he'll be that, you know, identity kind of player with Lowry and Appleton. So that, you know, to me, Huss, I mean, that was, I wouldn't call it a problem, but we know that it was part of the issue during the first half of the year when Adam Lowry wasn't going offensively is because his line had no identity and they weren't really doing the job that he had previously been asked to do. And I mean, not pointing fingers here, but part of the reason was that Christian Veselainen never got himself going 
and he spent so much time on that line. So Morgan Barron has come in immediately and shown Dave Lowry what are his strengths and what he's good at, and he's applied them immediately, and it's translated into offensive success. So um, could I see him in that role? Sure, Huss. But, I mean, again, the Jets don't have really a lot of room in the top six, especially when Perfetti's around. So I see him more, again, but I don't want to put a ceiling on the guy either because it's not just the six most skilled players well, that play here, in the top six, right? The, I mean, Here's the reason why I asked you that, Ken, is that, you know what I mean? This team has been very top-heavy all season yeah. long. And I couldn't help but see the way Barron was working on the boards is yeah, yeah. forechecking, his ability to win puck battles uh, and maintain possession and then get the puck to Stastny and Ehlers as something that at times has been, you know, a problem for the Winnipeg Jets, even when they've loaded up their lines. I mean, for instance, Mark Shifley is 10 times more skilled. Well, maybe that's fair. Far more talented, skilled, established than Morgan Barron. But when Morgan Barron was in on that line, you know, while he probably doesn't have the finish and the offensive creativity of a Mark Shifley, he was doing a lot of the things that at times, you know, you've seen you know, go in and all of a sudden the puck's turned over and it goes the other way and it takes a long time to get the puck back. You're probably changing. And it got me thinking about two things that, you know, I've sort of been lacking at times uh, this year. Number one is just that, that the nature of energy players thought a lot about Brendan Gallagher and the way he's conducted himself and what he's bringing to his team night in and night out when they're at the bottom of the standings. And it got me thinking before in earlier times when Paul Maurice, you know, when the team would be sort of a little lull, oh, okay, boom, Lowry, Tanev going out and a real energy. And then there's also the concept of toughness, if you will. Um, how, how much do you think the Jets need to improve in, in those areas? whether it be energy players or maybe a little bit more muscle to round out. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to doubt the skill that this Winnipeg Jets team has, but you know, I do, I'm thinking a lot about what this team is and how it's composed right now and how things might change. And, you know, we're always looking, uh, who's got the best analytics, who's doing all the things. I, I can't help but think there's a few things that the Jets had in the past that maybe isn't quite up to snuff this year that if they improved in that category might make all of those other skilled players, if you will, better and more effective. Yeah. Great, great points us for sure. And I mean, to me, I think, you know, look no further than the Minnesota wild. Yes. Kirill Kaprizov is the reason they've turned the engine around us. That's the offensive engine, but the identity of the wild completely changed when they got Marcus Felino. And now at the deadline, they go to get a Nick Delorier. I think that Delorier is a guy I brought up here before. I think that Nick Delorier would be a great fit for the Winnipeg Jets, whether he's on the third line or the fourth line, a guy that kills penalties, a guy who's not afraid to throw down, get you some goals once in a while. But that's how they change their identity. I mean, the Wild are incredibly hard to play against, but they're not, they don't play that kind of snoozing style from the Jacques Lemaire days, right? They play a physical in-your-face kind of style. They have mobile defensemen. They have some skill, but they also wear you down. I mean, Joel Erickson Eck has grown into a Selkie candidate, but he's got two wingers. One is 6'6", and Jordan Greenway, and the other guy is Marcus Foligno, who every time you play against him, you know it's going to be a hard shift. So uh, I agree. I mean, Barron's, you know, size, and I think he – he has some physical nature that he's shown for sure. I don't know that he's necessarily a guy like Marcus Fleno that's going to bang you every time he's out there, but I like the blend of skill and size there, which again, I could see him playing up in the lineup us, but I also think that when we're talking about balance, I think that you can, you know, Baron Lowry and Appleton, you'd have three guys that could all give you 10 goals a piece or more. Right. So 
then you are getting that secondary scoring that people are asking for, even though it's, you know, in a little different fashion, you're not stretching the lineup out. But again, I mean, Svechnikov has had some nice, I think the one advantage Baron has over Svechnikov, and again, this is not a one versus the other, is his skating ability and his and his size, right? Svechnikov has been very good on the boards and Hustia, right? That goal that he scored the other day, the cross-ice shot, that's the skill that you and I have been discussing all year long. I've seen it way more in practice than I have in the games in terms of it translating into offense, but it's in there. So I think that Svechnikov is still a part of this team moving forward. He's been found money and just wait. Now he's another year removed where he's healthy. I think that he can give you some impact, whether that's on the fourth line or, you know, up of the lineup. And same for Barron. You want to have guys that can move up and down the lineup. So I like what you're saying there. But in terms of roster construction, yes, I would like the Jets to add a little bit more size and, you know, physical nature. Again, I don't want, I'm not saying you got to get a fighter only, but get a guy who's big and strong and can contribute offensively. Well, it's you know, a great point. I mean, let you brought up the Minnesota Wild. And let's say that... You know, the Jets had a few more overtime points and whatever. They're they're in the mix right now and they could potentially play like a playoff series of the team the way it looks right now against the Minnesota Wild. I mean, and we've seen it a few times this season. Uh, I mean, the, I'm not sure the Jets can handle the physicality of a team like that at a time like the playoffs. And it won't matter this year because they're not going to be part of the party. But, um, you know, as opposed to other teams for the Winnipeg Jets that I think were more complete in those areas. Um, you know, I really do wonder that if the Jets were in that situation going up against a team like that, how they would be able to handle not Kirill Kaprizov, but the likes of Felino and Delorier. And I'm not sure they have that answer right now for a team like that in the in, in their present lineup. It's a great question, Huston. I mean, that's I think why people are so looking forward to the series with St. Louis and Minnesota because of the contrast. And again, the Blues are not a team that is they're not the same team as 2019 either in terms of they're more skilled with Cairo taking on a bigger role and obviously Robert Thomas's emergence and then adding Pavel Bishnevich. They still play a hard grinding kind of heavy game, but they've upped the skill component. So and they handle the, you know, the physical nature of the wild. That'll be fun to see. I mean, which of the goaltenders are going to show up? I mean, Minnesota's got Talbot playing great and Flurry, And then in Minnesota, and in St. Louis has got Bennington. But you also have Huso, who's sort of stolen the job. So uh, you're right, Huss. I mean, if the Jets were matching up against, I, we're all talking about Colorado. Like, it, you know, people are crowning them the champion. But Colorado, as great as their season has been, they're going to have a tough second round matchup, provided they can oh. get there. Against Minnesota, St. Louis or Minnesota. I think 100%. both those teams can give them trouble. Yeah, I mean, I do like Minnesota in that series. And it's funny. I mean, I think low-key, one of the most brilliant acquisitions was Marc-Andre Fleury. Not because Fleury's been amazing, but it basically immediately turned Cam Talbot into one of the top goaltenders in the year. Right. You know, sometimes when you get pushed, Ken, um, like we've seen in so many situations, you get pushed for your job. Someone else comes in, gets some playing time and plays well. It brings the best. It doesn't always work that way. Uh, but it certainly has so far for Minnesota. And with if they can get that sort of goaltending, I mean, I'll even think, I mean, a Minnesota-Colorado series, I know a lot of people will just, you know, blankly look at their brackets and go, Colorado win five. Yeah. Uh, listen, I think that will be an absolute war. And for many of the reasons why I question how the Winnipeg Jets, as presently constructed, would do against the Minnesota Wild. Listen, the Avalanche are in another class right now of teams. But as I say, they're not running over the Minnesota's not getting run out of the building by anybody right now. And 
Um, if they get goaltending, get a few saves, they're going to be in those games. And I wouldn't be surprised if we got a ton of overtime and a really lengthy series if those teams meet up. Yeah, no doubt about that, Hassan. I mean, even too, like Colorado is playing at a ridiculous level. And I know they did add some, you know, some guys who play a defensively sound game and Lekkonen and Cogliano at the deadline, guys like that. So uh, those are smart pickups. And again, look at look at Colorado being able to land Ben Myers, who is considered the top college free agent. We know the Jets would have seen him plenty when watching Chaz Lucius before he has suffered the foot injury. So they were definitely interested. But, you know, I mean, he obviously reads the tea leaves and knows, you know, Nazem Kadri, was he going to be back? I mean, Valerie Nichushkin has had an incredible year, but I think he's a pending UFA. Uh, I think smart move by Myers, who will not be eligible for the playoffs, but uh, that's a guy a lot of teams were looking at. But even to us, I mean, look at what if Vegas, even whether it's Vegas or Dallas, I mean, I think that Colorado is going to have a tough road out of the gate. I mean, I'm not saying they can't handle it, but I think that both Dallas and Vegas are sort of set up to kind of give them some trouble, uh, provided the goaltending stands up for either one of those teams. Again, who knows how it ends up, but. I don't believe in Dallas, to be honest with you. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll I, I know you're I, saying I have, us, but I, I watched the end of that game against Tampa, and I was, I was thinking the exact same thing. Dallas being vulnerable, then they go out and win a one nothing game with Scott Wedgwood. I mean, speaking of additions at the deadline, how about Scott Wedgwood as your under Wedgwall? Uh, under That's Wedgwall, yeah, Ken. Sorry, yes, indeed. <laughs> and Rope Hintz has had just an incredible season. Uh, so I remember I, I covered that second round matchup with Dallas and St. Louis in 2019 before. St. Louis won the cup. Hints is just an emerging star. Uh, just like, no, he doesn't get the love because he's not a real talk. He's not, you know, quite as, you know, personality wise, like Patrick lining his countryman, but man, this is a great two way player and he's just been absolutely dynamite. But as I agree with you, I mean, they basically have been a one line hockey team, but the other night you see Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan are out there blocking shots. So they're under a barrage from Tampa with all those skilled guys. And, They've sort of just found they're one of those teams that seems to find a way and they're very battle playoff tested. You know, they're hardened. So um, I'm very interested to see them. And even to Nashville, they look like they're kind of tilting. And then all of a sudden they go out and get a one nothing win, too. Right. So, uh, man, what the central division is so tough. And that's why I was back to your original point about roster construction. If you look at the way all of those teams are built, you're going to have to add a little bit more of that edge and you know physical element if you want to compete with those teams even though the skill level is very high with a lot of them as well yeah and you know it, it'll be listen we thought we'd be seeing how the jets would match up against these teams actually in the playoffs but you know i think this division i mean those first two rounds within the central division um you know will be will be impactful as to the decisions that the Winnipeg Jets make. I mean, they're going to do their autopsy on the team and they'll figure out, you know, the guys that they think that are committed to it. And they'll think the guys that maybe, you know, can need to change the scenery or areas that they're going to turn around. But all of that, I think, is going to be done in the context of seeing what happens in the first month of the Stanley Cup playoffs as to first and foremost competing in the Central Division against uh, like a top to bottom lineup of, of, of very, very good teams. Yeah, no doubt. And I would even extend that to the East Huss. I mean, look at look at the, you know, I think there are also going to be some impact on what happens with, you know, the Atlantic, right? What's going to happen with Florida and Tampa and Boston and Toronto? Like two of those teams are out in the in the first round, right? So, and then never mind Carolina. And then we talk, look at the flip side. Jets are going to face uh, the Rangers. Rangers and Pittsburgh, both those teams think they can win the cup. One of them's going home in the first round also. I mean, remember how up in arms people were 
when the Jets and Predators were 1-2 for the President's Trophy, and Nashville went home in Game 7 of Round 2. I mean, now people are going home in Round 1 that have legit uh, you know, Stanley Cup aspirations. So it just goes to show. And then, Huss, I mean, I don't can't believe I've gotten this far. I mean, Pierre LeBron banging the hustler drum once again. Let's oh. go to the let's go to the three point system. You know, I, I I talked a little bit about it yesterday, and I don't know. I think I just like I talked about this so consistently <laughs> for so long that you know I didn't really throw up a white flag. But if there was ever a year for the Board of Governors, Gary Bettman. Bill Daly to take a look at what many people have been saying for a long, long time and go to the three, two, one. I mean, the East was done at Christmas. We have known for three months who's playing in the first round. It was just a matter of matchups. And it's the same thing to another extent. I mean, if a team like the Winnipeg Jets, and if you, if you want to really talk about teams being in it and feeling they're in it, you can have the fake news standings or you can have a legitimate opportunity to go out and beat teams in regulation, make a big boot move on them, getting three points in. And I'll tell you what, in addition to what it would do to the possibilities of teams staying in it and legitimately, oh, you go on an eight-game run and what that would do to your placements in the standings. The other thing is very simple. What it does to the games. How many times have we seen an East and a West team that are in playoff spots in a 1-1 or a tie game in four minutes and just basically shut it down, make sure that nothing happens in their own end and be more than happy to do to play for the extra point? Like the end, the final five minutes of the games, the the quality of the product will be improved by something like that. And uh, I really do hope that maybe this season and the lack of any sort of um, drama at all, particularly in the East, might nudge them forward to maybe, you know, take a closer look at that because I don't think there's any downside to it. And I think there's major, major benefits for the league, for the teams, if they did adopt that, like has been done in so many other leagues. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And I take it a step further. I mean, I understand they're trying to build these rivalries within divisional playoffs, but let's get, let's go to one to eight, right? I mean, I think that that would be the best way to do it as well. I don't, you know, yes, when you play a regional rival or geographical rival in the playoffs, it adds to the spice level. Sure. Look at the Jets and Wild. But I mean, who cares about travel? We're living in an era where teams travel by charter. Who cares if Anaheim has to play somebody like Dallas or whatever else? I mean, I think that if you don't want the top teams to be knocked out early, go to the one to eight format. So then you can, you know, have the team seated properly. I mean, again, there's always going to, there's never going to be a perfect solution when it comes to scheduling and balanced schedules and everything else. But uh, I think that that would improve, improve those two, those two things together. Huss, I think would lead to a better product and let's not kid ourselves. The product needs improvement. Uh, they're at a flat cap situation. I mean, yes, it's going to go up by a million dollars, but in order to keep building interest, I mean, you want to have the best teams playing as deep into the playoffs as they can get, right? I mean, trying to sell the game, what if McDavid doesn't get past round one, right? I mean, these are these are legitimate concerns for the National Hockey League. I'll tell you what, the Oilers are in a much better position to move into the first or into the second round because of oh, where yeah. they are right now, getting the third place team in the Pacific Division. I mean, some there's some winners, there's some losers, but overall, 
for the fairness, the integrity of the game, there's some things that I think they really have to do. Kenny, hang tight for a second. I got to get to a couple other topics with you, but just quickly, maybe we will ask him about the Masters. Big thanks to our friends out of Breezy Bend Country Club. Uh, I know it doesn't look like golf season is just around the corner. <laughs> Allegedly, it is. Uh, and uh, myself, Ken, uh, we're all looking forward to getting out at Breezy. Amazing course improvements over the last couple of years. An amazing clubhouse and patio and a great spot for your family's golf home. Find out more at breezyben.ca on the waiting list and more for coming up this season. And if you are planning a wedding at some point, an amazing venue to do that. All information at breezyben.ca. Uh, our friends at Not Auto Corp are ready for spring and summer. If you're thinking about getting into a new vehicle, why not get the car of your dreams at an incredible price with the help of the Not team? Check out all the great vehicles on the lot or let them know what you're looking for and the experts at Not will identify the vehicle, get it here at the best price possible. And while you're at it, if you're thinking about going electric, talk to them about the new Tesla Experience program. Not Auto Corp, Waverly and McGilvery, and online at not.ca. And uh, hey, many of you probably did stock up on a few little brown jugs a couple days ago because you're gonna be uh, shutting down for a few days. Um, well, they're doing anything but shutting down as we get into spring. Great events happening. Follow Little Brown Jug on all their social channels, especially Instagram for upcoming events. And pop down and see them at the brewery on William Avenue. You can pick up all the great beers to take home. You can try them all there. And look for 1919 and find Little Brown Jug products at your favorite bar and restaurant. And, of course, your local beer store or liquor marts. Find out more online at littlebrownjug.ca. And you can order for home deliveries Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. All right, Ken, I mentioned Breezy. We haven't spoken this week. How did you enjoy the Masters? And what did you think about Scotty Scheffler's performance and, of course, Eldrick being back and playing the full four days? Yeah, awesome stuff all around, Huss. A uh, great event. I mean, I know that some folks were hoping for some high drama. I know not you because of the ticket that you had, that <laughs> yes. you were holding in your hand. I was hand, fine but... with that five-shot five, <laughs> five shot lead. Uh, Scheffler's play just absolutely exceptional. And um, I don't care that he's not a you know charismatic kind of guy that everyone is in their seat, uh, jumping out of their seat for. The guy just takes care of business and you know makes a bunch of birdies and pars and like, doesn't make it a lot of mistakes. Um, incredible stuff. I mean, the the back to back hole outs on eighteen for Morikawa and McElroy, awesome. just absolutely absurd. Uh, especially what it meant for Rory looking for the career slam. I mean, he knew that he kind of shot not shot himself out of it early, but knew it was going to be a really tough road to go to go down and shoot. You know, what sixty four on Sunday, just absolutely uh, phenomenal. Uh, you know, Cameron Smith is a guy who I had in my one of my pools. Just so much fun to watch, you know, the class, the everyday golfer. I mean, if you look at his PGA Joe Tour Dirt. picture. Yeah, exactly. Joe Dirt. Like, you look at his picture when he when he got on the tour to what he's looking like now. Uh, just a classic. But again, I, I love the way he attacks the golf course. I mean, is it unfortunate to see? A, I mean, again, I think this is where people are torn, right? So the everyday golfer is like, some people are happy that he dumps it in the water and shoots a triple because it shows that he's human. But at the same time, who hasn't felt that way, Huss? You make this incredible birdie. You're, you know, you, you're like just totally jazzed. You go to the next tee shot and then you dump it in the water. And you're like, you know the water's there, but you're feeling so good. You know, I'm just going to pure this, knock it close, make another birdie. Plop. And then just like, 
oh my god it's not far enough and it's oh oh i like just like just as soon as he made contact cameron is like oh my god why did why did i swing i wasn't ready right but you make that birdie you run to the next tee you're like i'm gonna win the tournament and then you dump it in the water and then you're like oh my goodness how did 12 is a graveyard 12 is a graveyard every oh, year and- but to me that that entire tournament um it was the third hole I mean, Smith had started off birdie, birdie. Scheffler was sketchy in those first Mm -hmm. two holes and those grinded out pars. And then the drive on three, Jim Nen said he had never seen anybody (laughs) hit it as far left ever as Scotty Scheffler did. And he got that nice drop because of the temporary stands and the chip in. I mean, he could try that shot 50 times. I don't think he's holding it more than two or three. Um, But that was the big two shot swing. And from there and then it seemed like he got settled out. Hey, but just quickly, what did you think of Tiger? Yeah. Just one quick thing for Smith, his inability to hit it close on that same shot on three. He was in a perfect position on three, and it's short, and he ends up side by each, right? So uh, I loved watching Tiger Huss. I mean, for the people who were on the hype train thinking he was going to win the tournament, that was a wake-up situation. I mean, but I'm like everybody else, captivated by it. I'm watching Tiger on the range on Thursday looking for cues. (laughs) Oh, he looks like he's limping. Oh, what's happening here? You know, I was riveted. I mean, I watched wall-to-wall. I think Thursday I watched almost every single shot that he took except for the time that he spent driving uh, over to watch the event. Um, uh, I thought it was fun to watch. Um, I think it was exceptional to see him out there. It was just incredible, the the comeback itself. I mean, everyone talks about Ben Hogan coming back and winning. Yes, of course. Tiger looked like he went from looking like he may never play again except in scrambles with his son to basically being on the leaderboard after day one. I mean, who cares what he shot? What he did was incredible. I think we talked about it last week. Us, the thing about Tiger that people don't realize, he's become a human being. He's no longer a robot. The fact that he can enjoy the fact that he had his worst putting day on the Masters and kind of almost make fun of himself, it's just made him enduring after you know a career where people – Tiger was winning. People, He became like the Yankees. People didn't root for him. Because he was just this robot who didn't really have a human side. I love that he's shown the human side. I love that he's shown his appreciation for the game that he dominated for decades. But now he just he wants to be one of the guys. His gratitude for the people that reached out was incredible. I love the stuff that he shared with his caddy, right, Joe LaCava. I mean, just you know, just fun to watch him being out on the golf course. And when he does get it going, it's so fun to watch Tiger hit shots. And the way that he kind of worked his way around the course, where even to look at number one, he hit it like 260, right? People, The everyday player is thinking, oh, well, now I'm hitting it as far as Tiger. But what he was doing a lot of the time was by design. And then he still hit a couple of just incredible shots and, the roars from the gallery are still just absolutely tremendous. And I mean, I know you saw it. We had DI on uh, from Augusta on Sunday and just to see what it was like, everything from the practice round to people following him around. I mean, yes, I was among the people annoyed that Corey Connors in a top six appearance had like one or two shots shown in a four hour broadcast. (laughs) That's ridiculous. But at least with the Masters app, Huss, you can watch every single shot for that players like That is the like best him. app in the history of the internet. <laughs> it's I, incredible. I, I, and I say that with no hyperbole and no exaggeration. Yeah. The Masters app is the best app I have ever seen. Uh, and it's revolutionary when it comes to golf because of the challenge to watch all of those players. Hey, just speaking of our buddy D.I., 
and our pal Corey Connors. Mm-hmm. They got a nice Big little Canadian flag right up there at the top of the leaderboard at the RBC Heritage. Corey is tied for second right now at five under par. American Cameron Young with a monster eight under 63 for the early lead. And another Canadian flag, Roger Sloan, tied for 11th at three under par. Hey, before we go hey, in ace against... for CC today, by the way. Oh, hole in one for CC. Nice. What's up? <laughs> nothing, nothing better than that. Hey, listen, he, this is a perfect course for him. He was one of the lock shot picks, so I was quite excited to see Corey right up there at the at the top of the leaderboard. Kenny, before we go, we touched on it very quickly at the start. What do you think of the Jays through uh, the first week and the Vladdy show? That was, uh, <laughs> I mean, that was just incredible last night. Just awesome stuff, us. And I mean, he had had two overs against the Yankees. So, well, you know, naturally it's game six of the year and people are like, what's wrong with Vladdy? What's wrong with Bo? But man, oh man, to do that against Carrot Cole, who's like, you know, tossing a 98 to 100 at will uh, was just exceptional. I mean, the Jays have been <laughs> edge of your seat material here because their pitching has been an absolute disaster Ooh. outside of a few guys. Yeah, Jimmy Garcia has been pretty good at the back end, but man, oh man, Manoa's start was incredible. Oh, and, and it absolutely! Was, and it was nice yes. to see Barrios with uh, get a few innings in before uh, the the bottom fell out. That first start, the, the, he one, went into, the one third, the one third wasn't great for you after the seven year extension. His his ERA going into last night was one hundred and eight. I know, just incredible. <laughs> Only one way to go from that. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, it's super fun to watch. And I know, I mean, again, too, the, the impact Matt Chapman is making, I know his average is under 200, Hus, but the gold platinum glove defense that he's providing at third has been awesome. You know that Bo Bichette's going to get going. Uh, you know, Teoscar Hernandez, you know, with the side injury, maybe an oblique. I mean, that's probably not good news. But, man, oh, man, the bats. And also, too, George Springer, just absolutely on fire out of the gate. He is one of the best table setters in Major League Baseball. We know this, and we know how much the Jays missed him when he wasn't playing last year. But, yeah, I mean, I think the pitching is going to sort itself out. And you're right, Manoa was absolutely dynamite, um, you know, the other night. Can't wait to see Gosman at uh, Yankee Stadium here this evening to wrap up that series. And yeah, they're, they're just, they're fun. To, it's it, appointment viewing. I mean, seven, nothing down in the opener. I mean, like this is just absolutely phenomenal stuff. Um, they're going to be fun to watch. I mean, they've got some, you know, they got some, I wouldn't say they have holes, but uh, they're a fun team to watch. Santiago Espinal, another guy who, you know, people are, you know, excited about, you know, had a great offseason, put on the weight, and has basically stolen the second base job already. We know he's going to be in a platoon situation with Calvin Biggio, but he's doing a great job. And it's just fun to have the season around us. I mean, especially, too, we, we know how disappointed both of us were when the, when the lockout was on. It's oh. nice nice to have the game back, and uh, especially when we look outside and see snow flurries, it's nice to be able to throw the tube on and, uh, and watch a little MLB action. Such a great time of the year, as you mentioned. You know, all, almost all the sports are going except the NFL, but uh, it's just a fun time of the year. And I uh, can't wait until we get this snow to clear and that we're actually out teeing it up um, around our beautiful province. No doubt about that. Hey, M. Sheldon, thanks a lot for becoming a supporter of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Really appreciate it. Um, comment in chat asking, is Tiger playing the next major? That is sort of up for discussion. I don't know if I expect him at Southern Hills, but the great thing is that he did say that he's playing mm-hmm. St. Andrews. That's one of his favorite courses is where he's had some of his greatest victories. And because of the Open Championship rotation, this summer is basically the last time we'll have a chance to see Tiger legitimately play at that Open Championship. I think believing he has a chance to win, and um, that's going to be very special later on this summer. 
Oh, absolutely, Hassan. I mean, there'd obviously be temptation. I mean, Tiger's won at Southern Hills, so he probably thinks he can just fire it up again. That was the but... one where Toth and I were at. We went there for a couple rounds that day. After the first round, the co-leaders were Tiger Woods and John Daly. And we were driving Incredible. in. We were staying in Pryor, Oklahoma. So we had about a 45-minute drive in. We didn't go that early on the Friday because we knew that Tiger was teeing off in the afternoon and we wanted to sort of follow Tiger that day. The first day we kind of stayed away from those. Like it was 90% of the entire crowd is following that one hole in his group. And I'll never forget this, Ken. We're listening to whatever the local Oklahoma sports talk station is. And uh, some guy calls in and says, hey, just a quick heads up, guys. I was over at the Mahoney Casino last night playing blackjack with John Daly at 4.30 in the morning. So if you needed to know how he was handling the nerves from uh, leading the PGA after the first round, handled it quite well. But they both teed off within five minutes of each other on 1 and 10. I've mm -hmm. never seen a crowd like that because John Daly brings him out as well as the leader. But it was all about Tiger, and he got his uh, he got his big win. Kenny, this has been a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to catching up with you guys coming up uh, at the top of the hour over on Kenny and Rennie. So, uh, folks, I, well, we're going to do the marble race, and then when we're finished, I'll get out, pop on over to Kenny and Rennie, and uh, we'll have some more fun. And Munzee's going to come on, too. What a week for the ice. I mean, everybody had things canceled. I mean, they basically, yeah. I don't know. Those Carson Bobble, uh, Lambos bobbleheads better be ready for the uh, the playoffs <laughs> right now because they moved their games to Regina. Um, they've got the playoff dates ready, and uh, I guess talk a little bit about the ice going into this final weekend and look ahead to the playoffs with Munzee on the show. Yeah, yes, sir. I mean, obviously, we know there's a couple of high draft picks on the horizon here, but it's just been an exceptional season for the Winnipeg Ice, and yeah, they're just going to try to shine a little bit of a, of a spotlight on the local hockey scene there the western hockey league and again too we also know the moose are having a great year too Huss, and i think a lot of folks excited about the potential oh, you know the playoff time. run for them as well but yeah we're gonna we're gonna toss it around we'll go into the backstories of both of you and I'll, obviously folks know who you are but we're gonna dig in a little deeper on those types of things like we like to do and how deep are we digging here <laughs> get, get the shovel get the shovel ready my man get the shovel ready get the lawyer remember, ready i and, think is what and, i read and remember I, I ran into your mother at one of those recent jets games so <laughs> oh great can't imagine the material that mom gave you um okay well listen i'll look forward to talking to you guys in uh, 25 minutes or so appreciate it as always can and uh we'll look forward i guess when uh, friday and saturday night uh you and rennie getting back after it after those games Yes, sir. Busy a couple weeks ahead, but uh, we're looking forward to it. Thanks for having me as always, and appreciate all the uh, shout-outs in the chat room as usual, just like our friend Jeff Hamilton. I uh, like to keep the people engaged, and uh, we love that you're sticking around to join us at the top of the hour, my man. Take looking care. For looking forward to that. There he is, the one and only Weebs World himself. He's going to get a good two liters in over the next 20 minutes, and then they'll be ready to go <laughs> at the top of the hour on Kenny and Rennie. Hey, speaking of my mom... My mom has been on me, uh, as I would have anyways, but just reminding me that the Players Princess Audio Players Championship is happening right now on Curling, and this is the last event of the year. Uh, well, really the last event of four years for so many of these teams playing together. Uh, can tell you right now, in the uh, on the A side, the final is going to be Nicholas Adeen and Brendan Botcher, uh, Bruce Muett and Kevin Cooey continuing uh, on as well. And let me just get this out of here. Seaside, Matt Dunstone is going to be playing the uh, winner of Brad Jacobs and Colton Flash. That game will happen tomorrow. John Epping is there. Um, so it, listen, it, this is a great, great event. Scores from the early draw today. Mike McEwen beating John Epping in an extra end for three. 
and the gunner, Jason Gunlickson, taking out Matty Dunstone, 6-5. Coming up scores, let's just see what we've got for draw. 11 coming up shortly. Uh, we've got Colton Flash and Brad Jacobs and an all-Swiss matchup of the Schwaller and Hosley rink. I believe Sportsnet has that event. Uh, Princess Auto, proud sponsors of uh, Jan Jones, Mike McEwen, and the Princess Auto Players Cup, the uh, crown jewel on the tour. And the other, uh, also Princess Auto is the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto two Winnipeg locations, and you can shop online 24-7-365 at princessauto.com. Uh, well, things are clearing up a little bit. Should be able to get down to your favorite Boston pizza to check out the Jets on the weekend. Nowhere better to watch the Jets on the big screen with big sound than BP. Enjoy an ice-cold schooners, gourmet pizzas, and those famous Boston's wings. And if you're staying at home, check out their game day deals and order online at bostonpizza.com. And thankfully, with this snow leaving, we can get back to speaking fondly about blizzards like a Nick and Nicky DQ blizzard. Uh, the spring is just around the corner. Well, technically here. Uh, and it is blizzard time, not the blizzard that we've been experiencing for the last couple of days. Pop down to any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Grab your favorite blizzard. And while you're there, jump on one of the incredible six new stack burgers featured at your local DQ. Hit them up online on Instagram at DQ Manitoba if you want to get a custom cake ordered to pick up quick and easy at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. All right, let's get Remus back in here. Um, fun stuff with two of our favorites today, Reem. Brandon Rewicki and Ken Weeb. But now, in a few minutes, it'll be fun stuff with our favorite people. And that, of course, is the WST Nation ready for our normal Friday marble race happening today on a Thursday. By the way, I know, I think it was Sandy who was asking about the show. Good Friday, no show tomorrow, Passover, Easter weekend. Uh, but we will certainly be back on Monday with a full recap and wrap-up of uh, the Jets out in Florida and uh, more from what's going to be a really, really busy weekend in sports. Yeah, what a show. T. Will was asking if it's just like you and Ken were just having a conversation and completely forgot that the chat was even here. Uh, that's just, that that's the beautiful thing about some of these uh these conversations podcasts broadcasts kind of got into it there's a lot of great things to talk about and yeah. listen ken is like mocon i mean some of my favorite guys listen i don't mind talking hockey with hockey um uh, specialists shall we say but at the end of the day i mean i think everyone knows i'm uh, i'm a sports guy i'm into it all um as is ken so uh listen we got all the jets topics we wanted to get to had a little bit extra time before the marbles so figured we'd jump into a little baseball a little golf and uh and much more but marbles will come down uh tonight and then of course we should mention i think i did plug this but um both legal curve and kenny and rennie doing great jobs with post-game coverage of Winnipeg Jets hockey. Eight more shows to go. We'll go a little later than we thought. May 1st, the final game now, the game that was supposed to be last night against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, but it's going to be an interesting weekend, and I would imagine some interesting shows for the guys uh, after seeing the way the Jets can match up against two of the beasts of the National Hockey League in the Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, yeah, real litmus test uh, measuring stick games coming up here. Uh, against uh, Florida and Tampa. Uh, we're having a lot of fun in the chat. We had one of those uh, webcam spammers uh, come in. So it's, we've been, ha you've missed out a lot Best of good cams? times. 
best, best cams cam, is best cam, as uh, as T Willow says is best cams getting a marble today. A lot, lot of questions <laughs> about who's uh, getting a marble. I Who is the other one that used to come in? Lovelace or Loveface? Yeah, I I muted Loveface. Loveface is banned. Nice on here. Um, hold on, sorry. We are having a good conversation in chat though, because tonight, Hus, we know what it is. Biggest bar night of the year, right? Well, Friday, I, I and- would say is okay. Tomorrow is Good Friday. Today is Bad Thursday. But is Bad Thursday canceled in Winnipeg? I mean, are the bars going to be open? I would imagine they will be at this point. I mean, I think we, it's like in the city, for the most part, we didn't get quite what we were worried about. And I Mm -hmm. think the city's in a pretty good position going forward. So I'm not sure. I wasn't planning on hitting the club tonight, you know, champagne room, little bottle service. That wasn't really on my agenda. But I imagine if you do want to do that, you could probably find a spot or two to uh, let her rip. Yeah, you know you're going to be driving down Osborne. There's going to be someone waiting in a line in shorts <laughs> or a skirt and no jacket. Come on. And then see everyone just naming like old Winnipeg bars. Someone asked if uh, TYC was still a thing. I'm pretty sure it's been closed for a while, but uh, entertaining discussion here in the chat. This is the okay. Now there are some great, great chats here. Good Friday, great party. Palomino Club, Dave LaFantasy. I'm sure the pal will be banging tonight. Uh, it's your boy Bruce. They're open, huh? But where are you DJing, Bruce? Let us know. Pump your next gig. We'll pop by and uh, and uh, have some fun. Jeff Coldwell, I feel like Marble Club was in the exchange. Marble Club definitely was in the exchange. I believe it was technically called the Rory Street Marble Club. Coincidentally, is that on Obar? Rory Street. Is that Obar slash what, Alive? I think it's an office. Obar, what? Now. Is that Obar? Okay, that's okay. That was originally Wise Guys. <laughs> was it? I just remember hearing it. There was a I think question. Like, was the Royal Street Marble Club and Wise Guys, it, was that the same thing? Or were those two different ones? I'm not sure. Maybe someone in the I, chat knows. I just remember listening to like Flava 1079. They'd always be at uh, Obar 65 Rory Street. Flava. They'd be shouting out, like screaming into the microphone that they were at Obar. I, <laughs> Flava, man, that was a great era when that station was going on. I've heard some amazing behind the scenes stories of that, of that operation oh, oh, from really? back in the day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what, that was a perfect example of a very small station identifying a gap in the market. Yes. And I mean, young people loved hip hop music and there was simply nothing on radio in the city. And this is before everyone had all their playlists on their phone and everything there. And uh, listen, I think they had huge listenership, even though it was a completely, you know, small operation. I think the guy running it was like living in the back of the room that they did the <laughs> that they did the broadcasts out of. But uh Oh man, I'm glad you brought up the old Flava days. What a great well, reference here on uh, on Winnipeg Sports. I'm Talk. here. I'm here. Well, it's. I mean, I had a great time at uh, Bad Thursday. Recall some people didn't know in chat that it was Bad Thursday, uh, the Thursday before Good Friday, where you'd hit. I'd go to uh, D Machine and Osborne. What I'll be doing tonight? I'm probably not doing anything tonight. Snowed in. A lot of hockey games on. I don't know what else, but. Uh, Jays, yeah. Yankees. Well, you know what? We'll get to the cool bet lines in a minute uh, because we do have to do a couple things before we get to the uh, before we get to it. I'll tell you what. Um, well, of course, let me give a quick shout out to our friends at Aikens Lake. Uh, I am so fired up to get back out there. Talked about it for years on the program. Been 
lucky enough to get out to Aikens a number of times. If you or uh, your business thinking about a world-class fly-in fishing opportunity right here in the province of Manitoba, there is nowhere like Aikens Lake. And uh, listen, the fishing's incredible, which you'll find in a lot of spots, but the atmosphere around it, the people at Aikens Lake are what really take it to the next level. Um, you know, maybe friends and family that you haven't seen in a long time, be great to get together for a trip. Or from a business perspective, customers, clients that you've just been FaceTiming for a couple of years, uh, there's no better FaceTime than being in a boat over at Aikens. Find out more at AikensLake.com. Uh, there is still a few availabilities this summer, but they're ready for their busiest year ever. And uh, our boy Pitt Terrain's always available on Twitter at Aikens Lake if you've got questions or more. Now, Canadian Club, uh, the weekend is here. This long weekend is here. And if you haven't already, you can now get the Canadian Club and Ginger at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. Um, the, it's available everywhere. Bonus air miles all this week on the, uh, on the new CC and Ginger six-packs. And bonus air miles through the 17th with the CC and ginger six pack. You also get a free of CC and ginger at one of the 26 CC displays Buy a Canadian club product and get a free can and uh, great deals as well. All month long in the CC 1750 mls at your local Manitoba liquor marts. And of course, Canadian club also the sponsor of the marbles. So uh, we'll have a hoodie for our first place winner. And you know what? We will do a DQ ice cream cake again for our last place finisher in the marbles coming up. So Remo, why don't we open up registration for the marbles right now? Uh, I'll do the cool bet lines. Take a look at what's happening tonight. And uh, during that point, you can get the track ready and uh, we'll get everyone to register. Yeah, sounds good. I just opened it. So exclamation mark marbles we'll get in on it and it'll be it'll be fun i'll have to pick a good maybe there's a blizzard theme track that i can i could pick we'll have to wait i'm just loving i'm just loving all these bar references in, just... in in it club saint b oh my god i used to sell franco <laughs> magnifico moose tickets back in the day like i wasn't really from saint b but Met the people over there and got a chance to go out there when I met, you know, Joel Marcoux and some of my buddies out there. That was some wild stuff. S. Elder, quarter draft night at Scandals. Those were the days, man. Oh, my God. Christopher met the DAC. Yes, the DAC's a spot. I mean, more a St. Patel bar, but people certainly loved it. Uh, big guy. I remember when the Romantics played the U of M Manitoba Social circa 1980. They had a few hits the Romantics did. Oh, Mark Sports Video, look, I know. Speaking of St. B, that was the hot spot for, uh, for all of my French friends out in St. B. Like some great times. Uh, and that was, I guess, that was part of the old rendezvous where um, many, many legendary shows took place before they turned it into condos. Uh, Stereo, <laughs> Mark, that's one of the big can-ad clubs. Roger DeLorme spent the 90s in Club DAC. Chickster, how about the web? Do not remember the web. Um, oh, Zax? We got a Zax uh, reference in here. <laughs> and uh, T-Cone, yeah, it's T-Cone's own, of course. T-Cone Apollo's repping The Oak. The Oak, definitely one of the... Yeah, listen, you know you're getting in for a party when you head out to Transcona, and that place was absolutely always banging. Uh, banging. Yeah, Jeff Kabilis in on Le Cano as well. Um, so we've got a lot of great thoughts on old... 
<laughs> on old bars we went to just a guy monty's pub club major yes and the lunch buffet at monty's was wonderful bruce uh just incredible service everything about it was uh, was awesome um so anyways exclamation mark marbles everybody while we uh rattle off all these old bars in Winnipeg. I'm going to get to the cool bet lines. We'll give you a minute, but exclamation mark marbles, totally free. But remember, if you haven't done this before, just make sure you are subscribed to the channel. It's free. Just press that red subscribe button. Give us the thumbs up while you're at it uh, to make sure you're eligible to win. We'll have the CC Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie for first place, and we will do a DQ ice cream cake for whoever finishes in last, but last to actually cross the finish line. All right, what do we got in the National Hockey League tonight? We've got a busy, busy night of games. Holy smokes. Lots to bet on. By the way, three for three last night. I don't know if anyone uh, tailed those picks yesterday, the two puck lines and the under in the Blue Jackets-Habs game, but uh, plus 724, it was a nice one. Uh, we got Ottawa at Boston. Boston minus 278. Blues minus 192 against the Sabres. Remo, we know what the Sabres are doing lately. I think we might have to get on them as another home dog. They're feeling good about themselves right now. Carolina minus 345 over Detroit. Penguins favorites over the Islanders minus 169. Lightning huge minus 345 favorites against the Ducks. Leafs minus 179 against the Washington Capitals. Wild slight favorites on the road. Minus 118 over the Dallas Stars. Wild sure looked good in their last game against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, those Oilers are in Nashville to take on the Predators. Tight game in that one. Nashville, slight, slight minus 114 favorite. Sharks, slight road favorite against the Blackhawks. I wonder when the last time the Sharks were favored on the road. Uh, Flames and Vegas. That'll be an interesting game tonight. Vegas playing better right now, getting some guys back. Flames minus 154. Devils, Avalanche. Of course, the Avalanche, a big favorite, minus 278. And same with the Canucks at home, too the Arizona Coyotes heading over to Major League Baseball. We got another big game between the Blue Jays and the Yankees. The Yankees, a minus 137 favorite. Let's just confirm the pitching matchup in this game. It is Gosman going on the hill against Luis Severino. Neither of the two pitchers had a decision in their first outing. Uh, many more games to get to. The curling you can bet on right now. Yeah, the Players' Cup, the Princess Auto Players' Cup is up there at CoolBet and much more. Again, if you haven't used CoolBet before and you want to play, use the promo code WST on your first deposit. You'll get a 100% bonus up to $200. All right, Remo, let's uh, finish up and... Uh... Get the uh, get the marbles loaded. Sure, I'll close it in a sec. We do need to, you know, we talked yesterday before we wrap up about Ryan Hartman uh, getting fined for giving Evander Kane the finger and Evander Kane's ex-wife, Anna Kane, sending him a Venmo uh, to pay for it. Well, it seems like a lot of people sent Ryan Hartman a Venmo to um, pay for his $4,500 fine for giving the finger. And so he tweeted out today, we need, we're obligated to give an update on this. Wow, overwhelmed by the amount of donations I have received to help pay for my fine. You fans are amazing. I will be paying for it with my own money, but wanted to let everyone know that any money sent to me by 7 p.m. on Friday will be donated to Children's Minnesota. And then he went on to add, as the kid experts, they provide amazing services to children in Minnesota and the Midwest. Instead of sending money to me, just send, donate to them. And I think we're seeing a lot of that um, in fantasy football too. Like if you have a, I'm, who was a, 
like people were donating to like Josh Allen or something for knocking some other team out of the playoffs or you know when a player has a charity $13 donations to the Josh Allen Foundation after the Chiefs needed 13 seconds to come back with that thing to overtime and win the game oh I think so I think when a player helps you out you know donate to a charity that they support so you know Ryan Hartman is like look I'm just you can send it to me but then he's like you know what just send it to the charity and so I mean, great, good for him. Made a took a negative. I mean, if you can call him giving Evander Kane the finger a negative, but he did get fined and turning into a positive with money uh, for Children's Minnesota. That's pretty. The cool. amount of people rising to help out Ryan Hartman after being fined for flipping off Evander Kane is nothing short of hilarious. And um, yes. hey, listen, Evander's brought a lot of it on his own. Um, and give it to to Anna Kane for starting a great charitable movement with one cheeky instagram and a 200 dollars payment to mr uh to mr hartman all right oh i see t conopoly has been going through lot 114 had some great times down there back uh, especially on nights like tonight um down in the exchange district no doubt about that um all right who else should we uh do you have all the names remo you're putting them in i'm gonna put them i'm gonna put them in everyone's saying to put um hartman i think we we got to give ryan hartman well, a uh what was the uh, Cam guy who was in the chat that I have to put in? Oh, uh, it wasn't Loveface. It was... Um... I forget the name. I banned him. It doesn't matter. We're not getting any of that spam anymore. Yeah, you know, he's no spammers, but yeah. everyone else is going to be in if you put in exclamation mark marbles. Let's put in Hartman. I think we should definitely put in Vladimir Guerrero in today's marble race after his three jacks last night. Uh, and then, of course, Kenny and Brandon. Yeah, we have so Ryan Hartman, Kenny, Weep, and then the wiki. Who else am I putting in? Uh, Anna Kane. Oh, best cams is T. Will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I put Gilbert Gottfried in too? Yes, yes, Gilbert Gottfried, R.I.P. Uh, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm pretty sad about that. We got uh with all these other people in we get uh, 163 total marbles so show right to everyone on. In, in chat i know we've got a lot of likes here a lot of subs awesome to see oh vlad i didn't put vlad in here oh yeah yeah we got to get vladdy in there but um, so again if you are new make sure you hit that subscribe button well regardless please hit the subscribe button but uh what we're gonna do anyone that put in an exclamation mark marbles is getting a marble we'll drop the marbles first place we've got a Winnipeg Sports Talk Canadian Club collab hoodie for you. Very popular. It's sort of the Winnipeg Sports Talk equivalent of a Masters green jacket for winning the marble race. And for the final marble that makes it across the line without being X'd out, we'll get you set up with a DQ cake from our friends over at Nick and Nikki. Uh, where are we playing today, Reem? I got to fire that up right now, but... um. We do have to remind you, no show tomorrow, Good Friday. Uh, yeah. I've, got, I've got a busy day planned. Uh, I wanted to let everyone know I'll be at, I was hoping this wouldn't get canceled, I will be at Jurassic Quest at the convention center. Very excited for the largest dino show in North America. Going to be Folks, awesome. Remus has been talking about this for six months. Okay, so I bought tickets, yeah, like two months ago, I looked. And I wasn't sure what I was more excited for that week, the dinosaur show or uh, Foo Fighter. But uh, sadly, Foo Fighters got canceled because of the tragic passing of 
uh, drummer Taylor Hawkins. But uh, I again, this Dino Show. I've been looking. I haven't looked forward to something like this. For full a while. full Dino Show review coming up on Monday's edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Really looking forward to that. I, so yeah, no show tomorrow. But I know someone said we would. I don't know why we wouldn't do a show on Monday. Um, but anyways, we will be full week next week. There'll be lots to talk about on Monday's show coming out of the weekend. Uh, all right, before we uh, head over to Kenny and Rennie, let's drop some marbles okay. and uh, have some this, fun here to finish off a, another great week. This is a good themed track called On Thin Ice. And yeah, and I had to ask you, I'm like, Huss, are we doing a show? I asked you like two months ago, like, are you planning on doing a show on Good Friday? I mean, the Jets are playing the Panthers. <laughs> I really want to go to this dino show. <laughs> Hey, you be- deserve you deserve the day off. We've got a great week. It's been awesome. We'll have this show up for people to listen to if they missed it today. And uh, obviously, we'll have a little bit more when I jump on with K&R coming up in a few minutes. But let's get the marbles up. Uh, but before that, we do have to... Hopefully, you know where it's located and you don't have to find a, uh, the, uh, the alternate file. But we do have a theme song from the legendary Tristan Rivers music that needs to play before the marbles get dropped i do have a shout out to jay miller who says he's going he's going to so i'm sure anyone with kids ages like two to five or older would definitely be in the dinosaur beautiful and breaking news shout out donnie boy winter storm warning ended so uh let's get through this finish up the shoveling uh, luckily it wasn't as uh, bad as uh, many people had hoped at least here in the city and we move forward to doing the things we love. That's dropping marbles to finish off a week here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Yeah, let's party. Oh, T.U.L. says, see you at Jurassic Quest. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be there tomorrow. All right, there it is. Oh, Rio, the winter wonderland. I like it. Very appropriate. Uh, what is it? We got a snow globe here. What uh, what track is this? This is called On Thin Ice. We have 164 marbles in here. So very, uh, very exciting stuff. Good luck to everyone. First place, we'll have a hoodie for you. You can pick that up at some point next week when that works out. And last place to successfully get into the bin and get a time across the finish line We'll hook you up with a DQ ice cream cake. I uh, just have to email us afterwards. We're done. Uh, all right. Been a great week heading into a long weekend. Let's drop the marbles on Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right. They're in. They're in the globe. Here we oh. go. Oh, hot start for uh, Stefan Marshall and Moose 3. Very, very slick beginning. Oh, Bozeman's in there. Bozeman has uh, had a couple close calls. Friend of mine. Let's see. Jet Oil Tom, I see Moose 3's in, Sponge MC looking pretty good so far. Quite the track we've got here on Thin Ice. Let's see what happens when they meet again in the middle. Sponge MC, Jet Oil Tom looking pretty good. Stefan Marshall had a great start. Oh, the big ice slide going down. Jet Oil Tom in the lead right now. Brandon Rewicki in the left lane making a move as well. Oh, Isha Boy Bruce is there. TTT T Bone, oh. who won last week. 
he won't maybe the most uh, decorated marble player ever right now. We got Jerry Kanzi, TDT Bone, and Isha Boy Bruce all looking good. But this is where things can get crazy going through. Oh, they all made it through very well. T-Bone. If T-Bone wins again and gives the uh, gives it to the second prize, he will be the most benevolent and successful marbles player ever. And T-Bone's looking good right now. This like is a insane. Hack or something if for this, goes back this would to be back-to-back. Back back. This is ridiculous. We'll see what happens. And again, T-Bone was kind enough. We got we gave it to second place, so uh, I think uh, we'll do that again if T-Bone. But there's a little bit. There's Bozeman. There's Ishaboy Bruce. It's getting pretty tight. Who's getting down? Corey. Corey H. At the, at the line. What an incredible photo finish. Corey H. with the win. Friedman, I believe, in second. Was that Anna Kane? Yeah, Anna Kane. Anna what Kane a performance by Anna Kane. Third place. Anna almost won it. Uh, but Corey, congratulations. I believe that's a first ever win for Corey. I don't remember he, he uh, being in there before. Corey, send us an email at winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. I'll fire you an email. Uh, get your size and we'll make arrangements for you to come and pick it up. And now what we're waiting for is who will be the final marble across. Patrolman Pete's looking pretty good for that. Stefan Marshall is uh, up. We've got Jet Oil Tom hanging around. Who will be last across? That is the question. Looks like Stefan, Tim, Daryl Morosky going down. So Moose 3, Jet Oil Tom. Jet Oil Tom almost won it. Now he's just hanging around there waiting for the marble cake. Best cams. There's best cams. Moose three. Okay, it's either Patrolman Pete or Jet Oil Tom for the DQ ice cream cake. They are just in a staring contest right now. Oh, they're both going down. <laughs> I think Jet Oil Tom was last, but we're going to have to check the final results here, folks. Yeah, Corey H. Fieldman, Anna Kane, T-Bone, Bruce, Sean, Jerry, Mac. Chris Beck, Bozeman. Chris Beck and Bozeman top 10 performances. Nice work. All right, let's go down all the way to the end. Was there no eliminations in that one? I no, I saw, I saw Hasby got eliminated. Oh, it was, it was, it was pretty crazy. They all went through that uh, slide and then it the slide collapsed uh, after they went down at the first time. So I think people did. Sorry, I'm going down. Yeah, keep her Not going. a lot of eliminations. You're right. No, no, it didn't seem that was sort of the that was the chorus. Everyone at least got to to pretty much finish. All right. Oh, it was Patrolman Pete that got it in by like a hundredth of a second. Yeah. Or about a tenth, not even a tenth of a second. We're into the hundredth. So hey, Patrolman Pete, big ice fan. Congratulations. Well, no ice games for you in Winnipeg, but we did hook you up with the uh, DQ ice cream cake. Patrolman, send us an email, winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. Get your details. Get that set up. And Corey H., congratulations. Well done. Uh, you, were, uh, you were good to go. Hit us up with an email. We'll get you hooked up with that, uh, uh, with that hoodie. All right, folks. Uh, we're going to end the show because I'm going to rip over to uh, Kenny and Rennie and hang out with them. So if you're with us on YouTube, pop on out of here. Feel free to leave a comment, though, or anything like that. We always love the comments. 
Make sure you hit the thumbs up before you leave and then get on over to Kenny and Rennie. We'll chop it up with the guys for the next 20 or so over on the Kenny and Rennie channel. Huge shout out to Michael Remus and everyone that joined us this week. Another great week at WST and all of our sponsors, including Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, Wallace and Wallace, F Apparel, Vita Health, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Breezy Bend Country Club, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nikki DQ Group, Canadian Club, don't forget, CC and Ginger available now. Thanks to them for their support of the Marble Race and Cool Bet Canada. Should uh, We'll be doing a lock shop tomorrow, though. No show for us, but around uh, noon, we'll fire it up with Dusty. Um, so make sure to check out my social media feeds for that at Hustlerama. And other than that, have a great long weekend and uh, pop on over. See us on Kenny and Rennie in just a couple minutes. Thanks for being here, folks. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.